Did you ever watch Risky Business? Um, no. I watched Risky Business during quarantine. Do you know what that movie's about? Tell me the plot of Risky Business. Dancing? No. Okay, I know nothing about Risky so Business. So Risky Business is about Tom Cruise hiring a prostitute who steals his money. Mm-hmm. So he goes into business of they use his parents' house as a brothel and he makes money being a pimp until her pimp gets mad and steals everything. And that's Joey Pants. So you're saying I should watch Risky Business? I mean... Is it, like, good? Watchable? They ain't making movies like that anymore. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. God. Oh, There's a long list of movies that they that will never be made again. Yeah. Like, that like can't be made. The first 15 Marvel movies. <laughs> you can easily make that movie. Yeah, again. they're making the same one over and over yeah, again anyway. Yeah. Whatever, man. Those movies suck. Superhero anything is garbage. I would take... Risky business over every Marvel movie. Even Ant-Man? Yeah, probably. Because even Ant-Man had that smooth sheen of corporate on it. What about Thor 2? He fights the Dark Elf. You know? Idris Elba. I'm coming around to that. No. Idris Elba was in that movie? Yeah, he's in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. He's the sword guy, right? Yes, Heimdall. (laughs) His name was Heimdall. Sorry. I hate myself sometimes. I... Yeah, you should. Hello, Thor. Welcome back to Th- Thor's house. What was it called? Captain America throws his mighty shield. <laughs> and everyone who meets his shield, best yield. Go back to that Marvel. They should. Go back to the Silver Age. Everyone's wearing just like... Every superhero is just a guy in a, um, a tight-fitting clothes and a, and a hard hat <laughs> <laughs> with wings on it. <laughs> they get strapped to a rocket. God, let's watch the old Captain America movies. They got to be bad, right? Yeah. I've never seen the Roger Corman uh, Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Have we've, you? We've seen clips. Yeah, I've seen clips. Everyone's seen clips. We should watch it. I bet it's super good. I, you know what? This is going to turn into the summer of movies where arms get really long. Because <laughs> I watch, I watch that, and I watch like uh, Freddy, the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's very good. The arms getting long in that movie is hilarious. It's the best part. It's <laughs> aside from you know Johnny Depp. There's some striking imagery in that movie. I will give it that. They can't tell you their names. They can't tell you where they live. But in the mid to late nineties, these five teenagers can turn into animals to fight an invading army of evil brain slugs. Five dumb teens are the only thing standing in the way of complete annihilation. This is Anamorphic Time with Nate and Tyler. Get your hand off my girlfriend, you yerk-brained bastard! <laughs> this is for Daddy. Uh, make it like half the bottle. Catherine Alice Applegate wouldn't want this. She doesn't want this. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And like they're they're like, no, stop <laughs> shooting at children. Oh man, being twelve was weird. Have you ever gone on a diet? Where you cut out sugar, mm-hmm. and you have like really big like sugar cravings. Have you ever eaten an antacid as like a little dessert as yeah. a treat? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I have. This one's pineapple flavored. It's real good. Well, it's sometimes you get on that no sugar diet, and you're like, oh, my throat kind of hurts. Oh, I have no choice but to have this cherry cough drop. It's the only way. It's mm-hmm. medicine. <laughs> Mentholated, delicious. Well, yes, I think I'll have a Ricola as second dessert. <laughs> Put it in a soda. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it's, uh, it's no good. You ever have a Necco wafer? 
Don't say that word. N- Neko wafer? Ah, you said it again. <laughs> yes, those things are trash. Yeah, they're... The only ones I liked were the ones that were slightly root beer flavored, and everybody hated that. It's a, it's a primal Smarty. It's like a Smarty that's thinner and harder. It's like it's a sugar cracker. So primal means thinner and harder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you know, like it's a, a the Smarty is a descendant of the Necco wafer. Oh. Oh wait, what's um, Sixlets. Oh, sixlets like, are the uh, shit. Why, why Why? did it go away? Why are people like people, not remembering sixlets? They are still around. You can find them at Fred Meyer. Can I you get know. like a big bag of them? Or can you only get them in like the tube? It's the carton. They have a carton of sixlets you can just drink from. <laughs> you just pour a nice tall glass of sixlets. <laughs> Candy coming in carton is the best shit. Them and like uh, Whoppers. Whoppers. Yeah, yeah, Milk Duds. Yeah. Robin's eggs? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, you can get Robin's yeah. eggs in a, a carton. Are you a fan of the Robin egg? You know... I like every candy. <laughs> like I'll eat any of that shit. You know, I was a big, uh, huge fan of the Robin's egg. Who? Uh, our t- boy Tobias. Oh, he is a big fan. Actually, of Robin. No, birds don't eat eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, solid transition. I mean, good try, man. But uh, <laughs> wait, that, that transition was stupid. Birds don't do that. That was that was very good. You know what a bird's favorite food is? Other bird. <laughs> Welcome to Animorphin Time. And, uh, well, we should like lead off. We don't have animal facts for this one, do we? No, because it's another hawk. It's, a, it's another hawk. And at one point, a raccoon is morphed, but there's a book later where the raccoon is the central morph. So I didn't feel good about it. Is this going to happen a lot? Are we going to have the same cover for multiple books? No. no this, this doesn't happen very often. No. Okay. No, 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 no. Well, I think this might be the last hawk book for reasons I will get to at the end. <laughs> Uh, it's a great, it's a great cliffhanger. You don't angel. know where that's going. What's going to happen to Tobias? We know what's going to happen to Tobias. <laughs> I mean, in the end, yes. Yeah, it's fine. So, yeah, welcome to Anamorphin Time. Welcome to Anamorphin Time. With Nate and Tyler. With Nate. That's Nate. And Tyler. That's me. I'm Tyler. <laughs> me. And um, this is book number Thir- 13. 13, The Change. Episode 14, because Megamorphs fucked you, everything up. We got to stop. Let's just erase it from history. It'll still be out there. Episode 14, book 13 of Animorphin <laughs> Time. And the tagline on this is, be afraid. Wait. You wh- don't have a tagline? It says, be afraid. No. Uh, why am I afraid? <laughs> Because you should be afraid. <laughs> it's good <laughs> life advice. Be afraid. But like, there's nothing to be afraid about in this book. What am I afraid of? God. Uh, anger at God. What God's wrath will do to you? Aliens. I should be very afraid of aliens. Losing your wife. <laughs> Losing my religion. Be- <laughs> Trying to keep. I'm here in the... Uh, I don't remember. That's me in the spotlight. You know what we should do with Jim the- Carrey's... Andy guy, <laughs> what's his name? Andy Coffin. Andy Coffin. You know what we should do? What for all these intros? Cut them up like uh, the Suicide Squad movie, where it's just a long string of it's us mentioning us, <laughs> us, just like mentioning a song and then playing a little bit of that song. Oh baby, yeah, this is real. Baby's got back. Now it's time to foot loose. Well, it was nice to see Cassie run away from that Seven Nation Army. 
Oh, I was going to say, she couldn't really do it till she put her ass into it, but yeah, yours is better. <laughs> because this one does have a Seven Nation army, really. When, where, what, who, wow. There's a whole army. They, they bring out a whole army to get They'd... our... Um... Bom, 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 yeah. bom. Bum, 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 Franz Ferdinand, and place a pen and right here. <laughs> so if you're lonely, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, new podcast idea: mashups with animorphs. <laughs> I mean, what is mashamorphs? What is an animorph? Is not like a mashup between child, child, and, and beast. <laughs> I don't. Let's let's make a let's make a new rule. Okay, we're gonna go a little Bill Maher style. Whom we hate, enemy of the pod. Yeah, non-shorm. What's that? <laughs> non- what, what's that enemy? He's a controller. No, he, he's a voluntary controller. Yeah, he's a he, collaborator. He's a collaborator. New rule. Okay, is that a good Bill Maher? Sure, sure. I even forgot what the new rule was. Okay, new rule. We got it. Here we go. He's gonna call you a cracker, and man, that's the same as saying the other word, <laughs> which he also likes to say a lot. Um, no more mashing up children. <laughs> that's the new rule. <laughs> We're not. I tell that to a visitor three. <laughs> no, we, we no more mashing up children. Just for me, please. So should we talk about the cover? Then open our burr. Oh, I think we should definitely talk about this cover. Um, so, yeah, uh, stark young man, so, in a mustard sweater, yes, um, looking, looking off into the distance, like a dream gone by, with his arms out, with his arms wide open, with arms wide open, okay, we can't, we can't you, do this, okay, we found the bit for this episode, <laughs> No, no, we did not. Here's, it's only for the beginning. No, no, here's what we're going to do. In like 40 minutes, I'm going to be sitting on this one, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, Nate, you know what? What's that? And you'll be like, what? Like you just said? And I'll say, it's been a while <laughs> since we've quoted music. <laughs> it's okay, because if you play only like a little bit, they can't they can't see you. Yeah, they can't get me. Come get me, Stained. <laughs> yeah, guess what? We're we're recontextualizing it, and uh, it's, it's, called, art, it's art now. It's called Fair Use, bitch. Come get at me, uh... I'm not going to say the Metallica song. They'll get us. Yeah, they will get us. Hey, Lars Ulrich, come suck my pathetic little dick. <laughs> oh, you can you can say that. Yeah. That's the thing you can hey, say. Hey, hey, uh, James Hatfield. Yeah. Why don't you lick my gaping bunghole? Hey, uh, Mr. Metallica, why don't you end tonight? <laughs> okay, enough of this. Enough of this. We got to yeah, talk about our yeah. bird boy. It's, so it's Tobias with his arms out. And you know, now that we've... Uh, name drop interviewed the uh, artist who does the covers, Mr. David Mattingly. <laughs> That's like ten episodes from now. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. But no, now now that he said that he got to pick how the models stood and how he photographed them, yeah. to try to make them do better looking morphs. Tobias mm. has got his arms out because those are bird wings. Yeah, it's going to turn right into a bird wing. That oh, makes yeah. sense. That's he's it, a, it fits. He's, he's a, a smart, smart guy. <laughs> he's a, a smart smart dude. So we're back in the mind of our sad bird boy, Tobias. Yep. Uh, and the inside cover really portrays this is going to be a sad book. So when you saw this, did you think that was Jake? <sighs> no. Because I knew that this was a Tobias book. Mm-hmm. 
Tobias looks like Jake, and it's really upsetting. Yeah, on the book covers anyway, which is fine. Well, even described, he's described a little bit like Jake. Jake's blonde, right? No, Tobias is the only blonde one. Tobias and Rachel are blonde. Yeah, the two Aryans okay, get together. Yeah. Well, this you... kid's not blonde. No. This kid, he clearly has brown hair. <laughs> Correction to David Mattingly. Uh, it turns out that you your covers are inaccurate. Well, he's clearly brown haired well, when he's blonde. You remember what he said? He said that a book cover, for the most part, is there to sell books. Yeah. And you shouldn't remain 100% pure to that uh, author's vision. Which And to be clear, somebody who's like Sandy, like blonde blonde, real weird looking. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking weird looking. Any blondies out there, uh, log off. Yeah, like if you're a blonde guy. Why don't you go to Midsummer and like, you know, ha- have, a, have a sex and then a burn house. So, to celebrate our sad bird boy here. Yeah. We got a growler of beer. I do want to talk about the cover. We can't okay. ignore the inside cover. No, because oh, the yeah, inside cover on. is is I think one of my favorite covers. It's only behind uh, Stark Gorilla in an alleyway. Yeah, uh, with the Marco book or uh, Bear, Tiger, and Gorilla in elevator. <laughs> That's a pretty good. No, one. this one's better than that. One, I agree. Right? I because agree. Th- this one actually has like a nice story and message behind it. Mm-hmm. So it's Tobias sitting on his bed, looking at. Tobias in bird form with his wings out with his wings out and a, a full moon kind of lighting lighting uh, the night sky and he, he's just like looking at him with this like really nice expression I, I, I think I would have this on a poster and uh, sell it as like this is a cool thing to have on a wall yeah it's uh, it's cryptic like there's a lot of good imagery there if you're a fan of the books it's enticing I want to know what happens and why is Tobias looking at himself well, all the characters will usually... Which one is Tobias? Is Tobias the boy or is Tobias the bird? Oh, no. Yeah. The central, the 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 crux of this book, you found it. Right, yeah. It's right there in the yep. cover. You fucking found it. I mean, I'm not wrong. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> Why do you have to say it like that? Because I don't know how to, to genuinely give you credit for anything because of the ironic detachment of years of systemic and ritualistic abuse and neglect. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fucking, you gay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gay for saying that. Yeah. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> we have beer. <laughs> so what's this, what's this beer? Tell this me what's beer. beer. So this is from Santiam. Santiam from Salem. San- Carlo Santanum. <laughs> gonna go down smooth <laughs> no 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 my little Mona Lisa uh, that's the worst fucking song in the world Rob Thomas and Santana smooth name a worse song you know what it, it is the men in black two of songs Wrong. in that like I can't really recall what it is but I know that it exists no it's still not the worst song the worst song unfortunately is the theme for triumph of the will it didn't have a song Oh, someone's Mr. Expert on Nazi propaganda movies. Mm. Checkmate. I took it. I have Checkmate. A fi- I have a film degree. It's right there on the wall. Yeah, they, they made me watch it. <laughs> Those Oregon ducks sat you down and said, watch this. Yeah, and then they told. They made me... Uh, oh, God. What was the D.W. Griffith movie? Uh, Birth is, of a Nation. Why did I remember D.W. Griffith and not Birth of a Nation? <laughs> Because that calculus you've, happened. You've studied the masters. Uh, you you have seen all six hours of intolerance. <laughs> God, you, 
You know what's funny is what? that that exact thing could happen today where somebody makes a super racist movie and then has a whoops, I'm sorry movie to follow <laughs> right after it. It's like, oh, sorry about me killing all the black people. Um, how about this intolerance movie? Oh, that was Maybe I should be more tolerant. Look, part of it's Jesus, so you know it's good. Yes. It, it's fine. Just mixing a little bit of Jesus. So we got a Santa Am toasted marshmallow porter. Ooh, toasted marshmallow? That's what they said. Okay. I have yet to have it. You know, I have, I have graham crackers if you want a little graham cracker to snack on while we have ourselves a little toast and marshmallow. I have some, um, also I have some uh, mini eggs, so we can make like a little graham cracker. A little, little Cadbury mini egg? A little s'more. Give right. me some more. <laughs> Look at that. That's a hefty pour. <laughs> Minimal head. Carbonation. Looks good. Sorry, listeners, if I was facing away from the mic, I was pouring beer. So I have a prediction before we taste this beer i want to get this out of my head okay <laughs> please let everything out real quick just let everything out i bet you since time travel has already been established mm-hmm. tobias is going to go back in time and he's going to be the egyptian god Ra. he's going to be their bird god i say nothing <laughs> which means it's gonna happen it's so did you no, no, like, did you I have not spoiled myself on anything about this. No, I, this is not me. You really haven't. But did you catch the throwaway line in this book about time travel? No. There oh, were, wait, yeah. The, he where he's like, yeah. I have stared down the Yurk army. I've traveled through time. I'm the baddest ass. And we haven't done the time travel story yet. That's, well, that's the second Megamorphs. No, he has done time travel. When? Um, he did it when the Emelis took him into the future. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah. I keep forgetting that. <laughs> time travel also means forward, as well as back. Oh, shit. Yeah, right? Yeah. Sorry, all fans of this podcast. The Animorphs expert here just got owned. Got fucking wrecked. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to put a YouTube video. Uh, dorky liberal podcaster gets wrecked. Oh, that's good beer, though. Oh, uh, no, this is real good beer. <laughs> this is so good. I was telling, I was telling someone oh. about this beer, and she said it was a... What, a hoity-toity dessert beer? It's fucking delicious is what it is. You know what? I have dessert for lunch. It's fine. Dessert's a meal, baby. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. That's the animal of time promise. Listen, dessert's a meal, baby. Dessert can be a meal as long as you have enough of it. So now that we have this delicious beer. Oh, man. So we've good. talked about the title. If I say, mmm, that's good. Like, in, in the podcast, it's me drinking that beer. Yes, it's not me sucking his penis. <laughs> I'm surprised you're able to talk during that. It's... You have a very small penis. <laughs> yeah. If anything, it adds like a little bit more body and volume to your uh, to your uh, podcasting voice. So this book is for Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this book's for Michael. This one, uh, like most of them, for Michael. Yeah, this Michael. Uh, let's pretend it's for a good friend, Michael O'Neill. Yeah. Hey, Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike. How's it going? Hey, how you doing, bro? Shout out to Mike. Hey, how's that wife? Hey. Wife's wife's a big deal in this book. Uh, yeah, this is a wife book. This is a wife book for sure. Uh, so our book starts. Yes, Tobias. What's his name? His name is Tobias, and he <laughs> can, can he tell you anything about himself? Yeah, he can. Because yeah, he doesn't, this, he doesn't this, care. This is a subversion of the trope, which I enjoyed a lot. Uh, yeah, it's really good. He's like, yeah, I can tell you everything about me. You'll just never find me. Well, he also is like, you can tell. I can tell you everything about me because. I don't care if you find my family. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, my family doesn't love me. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like, oh, you found my dumb aunt. Cool. All right. She's dead. That sucks. Whatever. Oh, well, I'm a bird. Time to mow down on some mouse. So he goes on to describe he's an anamorph. He's going to protect his friends. 
He loves hunting down mice. He gets hungry, so he hunts down a mouse. He likes to hork down a mice. We this is we're gonna hork down today. Yeah, it's a hork down. It's this is a big hork down. Hooey, we got a hork down. <laughs> so they do a dance. They do do a dance. <laughs> they do a dance. I'm sure they play the jug. <laughs> They would be so good. Honestly, they'd be the best washboard player. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even need spoons. It's in their chest. And their songs would be like, <laughs> I love Hork Major speak. Hork was, yeah. There'll be good stuff but later. We'll get to the Hork down. Right now, we got Tobias, and Tobias is feeling wistful because he saw a magazine. <laughs> It's, I mean, yeah, he found like woods porn. Yeah, like, well, not porn. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember woods porn? Have we talked about woods porn? No, we haven't talked about woods porn. But you know what woods porn is. Did you, I, I know did the very, you, I know you, the variation of it. Did you have it? Because I did. I had yours. Did you, like, I, there's a stash around your house. Yes. Where, up, like, up, up by the, the hill. hill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where, like, in the hill, like, it's, I now know why that happens, by the way. Go I've, on. I've solved the mystery of woods porn. Please tell me. It's because, like, you know, old, grizzled, like, middle-aged people, uh-huh. like ourselves. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they can't look at Did porno I- around the wife. Oh. Right? Because you, she'd be like, hey, stop that. <laughs> stop looking at the, that, old, that old titty. It- and then he's... So, like, the idea is that you hide the porn outside the house, so that way you can go and reference the porn. Okay. Do your business, and then come back. So, so Tobias runs across just a normal, non-pornographic yes. magazine. He finds a magazine. The pages flip. He sees a group of kids his own age in the magazine. He's like, that used to be me. Which, again, anytime Tobias in a bird form like reads a magazine, <laughs> anything Tobias in bird form does anything that a human would do is hilarious. It's, it's very good. Very him, sad. Him like, watching TV. Him eating a potato. <laughs> Wearing Chick. a watch. Having a little purse. The... Again, I, the dumbest thing Jake has done. Oh yeah, for sure. Has been feeding Tobias a, t- a potato for like a month. So like here's here's meatloaf and a potato. Hey, do you like green beans? They're good for you. <laughs> Jake, you fucking moron! It's a bird. Jake's an idiot. It's fine. Jake sucks. At least we- give him raw steak. <laughs> give him raw hamburger. Yeah, at least Cassie gives him raw fucking meat. But it's fine. But that makes Tobias a little sad, a little yeah. wistful. He misses being a kid. He does. He misses his bed. He does. He misses all that shit. He misses the things he could do in the bed. Sleep. Eat hot chip. <laughs> Touch self. Lie. Lie. <laughs> We're not going back to that. So he continue, He starts to fly, and he gets wistful. He sees Axe, but he's not really feeling like talking. He just says hey to Axe, and no. then flies off. And he, he does what I kind of want to do, is like swing by the school and kind of see what's going on. Yeah, he sees... like. Cassie doing her Cassie yeah. stuff, Marco making people laugh, Jake playing basketball. Brings him back to a different time in his life. Yeah, and then... He comes across Rachel. Then he sees Rachel, and... Rachel's different. Rachel's different, and he describes her differently. He describes her like this. Then she stepped outside, out into the empty quad that separated the main building from the gym and temporary buildings. She stepped out into the sunlight, and her blonde hair became a flame of pure gold. Rachel. That is a striking, poetic, beautiful description. I should I should steal these lines. Like these as, are not bad. <laughs> as an adult, like I've been talking, I've been talking to this blonde girl. Okay, I haven't. I'm just making this up. It's fine. I'm gonna add but, that. In. I'm but gonna make sure that, that please do your lie is in. <laughs> it's if I were to talk to a blonde girl, <laughs> I would definitely say, 
Your hair is, I would find a way to say your hair is like a flame of pure gold. Then she'd like block you on Tinder. That's like, that's, weird. that's such childlike, but not corny sincerity. It would be corny if he wrote it out and told her. Yes. But since it's an internal thought, it's beautiful. Yes. Like it's not, it doesn't have any ulterior motive. That's the way he sees Rachel. Right. Uh, which, if he had said something like the flaxen toe-headed behemoth of woman okay. <laughs> spilled out onto the courtyard like John Carpenter's The Blob. Uh, but the, like the best part is like after that description, he says, hi. Yeah. What are you doing, skipping school? <laughs> like, he, he does the awkward, like, right. sup? And she waves at him, and she's got a note in her hand, and he sees it. And his eyes, being most wonderful Hawkeyes, mm-hmm. read the note. The note says that she is, like, student of the year for some bullshit. <laughs> she, she's Mr. Susan. <laughs> it's, she she, win, she's the captain. She captain wins, his... like, best student of fake city high or whatever. <laughs> and he's like... <laughs> Why didn't she tell me about that? Like, he reads that the ceremony yeah. for this award is at the end of this week. Big ceremony. And he realizes, she didn't tell me about this. None of them told me about this. They, everyone's going to be there. Yeah, everyone's going to be there, and they know I can't, so they hide it from me. But he immediately knows why. He's yeah. not, like, unsub- he, he's not un- understanding. He's just a little bit sad by it because he well, knows that he can't show up right. <laughs> and, and be a bird in and, the middle of this presentation. And honestly, he should be sad. They shouldn't yeah. hide shit from him. Hiding this from him is worse than not in or him like. But would you tell Tobias? Yeah, because if the person I loved couldn't come to something that I wanted them to come to, I'd still be like, "Yeah, I won this thing. I wish you could come, but I know you can't." Okay. Because it's better to be honest with them than it is to try and protect their feelings. The only thing that we owe the ones we love is we owe them their pain at our action. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. But that, that's a, that's adult brain speaking. <laughs> and like... Oh, are, we did some adult brain speaking earlier. It's fine. But well, no, these are kids and they're afraid of potentially... Well, she's afraid of potentially hurting his feelings, right? Yeah, for sure. And so sure. It's, it's, a, it's a lack of trust that like kids have because they don't think that they'll ever not be accepted for like, I caused you a little bit of pain. I'm sorry. But I still want you to know about this. Right. It's a teenager thing that happens. Right? It's what, ki- it's what teenagers do. They, they hide shit because they don't want to make you feel bad, even though it's just like, you need to tell me. Right. Like, it, it's a kid who broke his toe, but didn't want to tell his parents because right. he didn't want to get yelled at. And you know? <laughs> Tobias immediately picks up on why. Like, he's that smart. He's that quick. He understands the others very well to realize, oh, they care. They're just not trying to hurt me. But it still hurts him. Because Tobias is the boy who's never thought of. Mm. Mm. Sorry, continue with your (laughs) thoughts. Tobias is the boy that was never thought of or considered. That's his thing. Yeah. Nobody cared for Tobias. So in turn, does he care for everyone else? Yes. and He he does the thing that he wanted to have done to him. Yes. And and in turn, the Animorphs are not caring for him by not telling him the truth. So he immediately goes... Hey, I've been mapping yerk pools. Do you want to go check them out? It's the other value he can give to them, yes. right? It's just yeah. like, I've, I've been a good soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he has been a good soldier. He's been the best soldier. <laughs> he, he has been the Rambo of like, 
creating maps, tracking <laughs> all these known controllers yeah. around town. He's like, been tracking them, the entrances to the York pool, the exits. What time they go in. Yes. You know, he, ha- he has like this graph in his brain. Right. Uh, of like everything, every possible and en- exit and entrance to yes. uh, York pool. And so Rachel's like, hell yeah, let's do it. Because she's misadventure. That's the way to get to Rachel, right? Is yeah. to show her an adventure. <laughs> and all the while, Tobias is wondering, you know, did I do the right thing? If I could choose this life again, would I? And he doesn't really think he has an answer for that. Yeah. Well, his, his regret and his sorrow makes him question his existence, which, hell yeah, brother, I get that. <laughs> yeah. He, he has that moment in his life where he's like, if I just did something a little bit differently... Would I? Well, we find out. <laughs> sure, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure, but like that. This is a foreshadowing. To, yeah, this to is this is that decision. And Tobias handles all this gracefully. He says, "Hey, congratulations! Let's go check out the York Pool." Well, and he also like lets her know that he knows about right. the the ceremony, right? And you know, she she kind of blows it off as like, "Oh, yeah, sorry, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I, I meant to." But. Yeah, big week. Sorry. <laughs> Well, and Tobias plays it off too. Like he's not like too hurt by it, but yeah. Like, well, he's trying to play it off as not too hurt, right? By it, and know. I think he knows it comes from a good place, but it still hurts him. Yeah, and do you also think it's because maybe he thinks that Rachel doesn't consider him human anymore? Yeah, a little bit. Like, why would I invite a bird to a ceremony? It's, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's like, the it's a good same. Question. It's the same same thing that Axe vocalized in his book. He feels separate from them, and now something like this makes Tobias feel separate from the rest of the animorphs. Yeah. Which is... The the source of the problem is one thing, but his interpretation is both things. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, it is probably because Rachel just didn't think of it. Well, it's probably because Rachel didn't want to hurt his feelings because he couldn't come. But in reality, Tobias is probably <laughs> thinking that is because either I'm a bird or I just wasn't cared for. You yeah. Know? So it's like, mm-hmm. it sucks. And so Rachel's like, hell yeah, let's go check out the York pool. We can do that. I guess this is how they go on dates, Yeah. Yeah, they go on bird dates. They go on bird dates. Yeah, like Rachel they fly turns in, together. Yeah, Rachel turns into a uh, bald eagle. Yeah, Rachel turns into a bald eagle, and they go flying around talking about school, like and flying what's on TV is cool. or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you see that movie? That's pretty great, right? And to- I didn't. I'm a bird. <laughs> and Tobias kind of gets lost in thought, thinking about how cool flying is, when he kind of like jumps awake, and he sees the ground open up, and he's like, "Whoa, where the hell are we?" And Rachel's like, yeah, you were flying us to the to the Yerk pool, but this just looks like the forest near Cassie's house. Yeah. And he tries to, like, fly back towards where the Yerk pool is, and then he just kind of, like, wanders back. Yeah, he zones out again. And just wanders back to this one spot, and then, like, yeah, the earth is the, starting to crack open. The earth opens up. Which, how do you interpret that? Is it, like, an earthquake? Is it like No, a- I interpret it as, like, a door opening that was the ground. Like, it was sliding to one side, and... Kind of like a fake door or whatever. Yeah, like a little trap door. Yeah. And what comes out of the trap door? Two hork bajur. All right, they're out on patrol. They're ready to... No, they're like hugging and running. They're hugging? Well, yeah, it says they were embracing. Oh, no. Then <laughs> they're running? What are they running from? Bitch, they're running from some yurks. Oh, damn. <laughs> they're running from controllers. Right. So the way this, this chapter is framed in that, like, they're normal hork bajur with yurk brains... Uh, it turns out they are not, because they are running away from other hork yes. that are very much wanting to kill them. Yes. Well, at first, it's just human controllers with guns. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So it's it's framed in the sense that, like, you know, these are two normal yerk brain hork mm-hmm. 
But right behind him is a bunch of human controllers with guns ready yes. to blast them into Dracon yes. dust. Yeah, we're just ready to fucking blast them. And they are blasting at them. Yeah, blasting hard. Uh, with human guns, though, not Dracon with, with Yeah, human with human guns. <laughs> you know, the human gun. Yes, the Assault Rifle 15. <laughs> that'll, <laughs> that'll get us some. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so they realize that the Horkwager are getting shot at. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of following in the air. And they think, is this a trap? What's going on? What do we do? What do we do? Do we do we go in there and help them out? Or And Tobias says, I've got a plan. Let's talk to him. Let's do it. I would have smiled if I had a mouth. Rachel is so brave. She's just, just short of being reckless. I like that about her. Hey, Horkbajur down there. I saw them stagger as though they were shocked and amazed to be hearing thought speak. Like that was their major problem. You're about 10 seconds away from being dead, I said. Listen to me and you just might get out of this alive. And it's like, that's the start of our book. Yep. That's <laughs> Follow me if you want to live. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah Alien. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Tobias talks to them, leads them. Yeah, tries to guide them away from He's giving them directions. these other like, human Jump controls. right. Hide yeah. behind that. Go this way. Yeah, you know what this scene reminds me of is that scene from The Matrix where uh, Neo gets the uh, cell phone call from from Cowboy Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, like, go to the next stall. Okay, hide, hide in that cubicle. Then go yeah. out the window yep. and hang out on the ledge. Where it's just like, that's really cool. I like that, yeah. that, that gimmick. And we're, do you remember, what was it, like the first book? Where now it's the second or third book. Yeah. Where Tobias saw someone running from Hork Bajur mm-hmm. and he led the human away. Yeah. We're finally getting to see that in action, which is super cool. Right. And Tobias says, Okay, you guys, cut to your right now. There's a ditch, but there are a couple of controllers in your way. So you need to pass the big rock pile there, keeping it on your left. The Hork Bajur hesitated, missed a couple of steps, and looked around in confusion. Did you guys hear me? They heard you, Rachel said tersely. I think the instructions were too complicated. Oh, great. Okay. In that case, let's play follow the leader. I took a deep breath and glanced around to make sure I knew exactly where I was. Then I spilled a little air from my wings, tried to keep all the speed I could, and dropped down into the trees. Okay. Time to play follow the big birdie. I zoomed just over their heads. Yeah, me. The big brown bird with the pretty red tail. Follow me and stay close. Tobias! Rachel yelled. One of the trucks is moving in ahead of you. I zoomed left and the twin monsters came racing right after me. Have you ever flown at full speed right through a densely packed forest? Probably not. So let me tell you. (laughs) It's exciting. Exciting like a video game set to the highest speed where one wrong move means you're a bundle of crushed bird bones and feathers. Stay with me, boys. We're going to be hauling butt, I said. And so he leads them on through this chase. Like, he's putting his own life at risk flying through these trees. And, and, and probably the coolest fashion. Like, I'm, pic- I'm picturing like him just, like, you know, swinging left, swinging right. You kind mm-hmm. of, like, it, yeah. And this is, like, the stark contrast between him and everyone that's not Rachel. He loves this. He yeah. loves being the hero. Jake would probably just give up and leave. Yeah, I'd be like, ah, well, I guess I have to do this. Mark would be like, nope. I think Rachel would probably like tell them to go and then like run towards the army. That was <laughs> yeah. towards her. She'd immediately turn into a bear and fuck <laughs> right. shit up. Tobias does the smart thing. It's like, yeah, he, he does the leader thing. Say. Yeah, and he, he leads them away, but there's ah. one 
complication. One of the hork gets fucking wrecked by a truck. <laughs> yep. Just plowed into by a truck. This gets blasted by that truck. And the other one screams. And Tobias is like, come on, you dumb fuck. Let's keep going. So Tobias is leading them away. They're being chased by controllers and trucks shooting at them. Tobias is dodging bullets, just dodging left and right. He goes to take some fucking eyes. Rachel goes to take some fucking eyes. Yeah, I know. They slash eyes out and knock people out of the back of the trucks. Yeah. And they're just getting shot at. And of course, our boy. He has a decision to make, right? He does. Because there's still one person left in this truck. Yes. Tobias and Rachel do this coordination thing, which I think is really cool. It's like, yes. you get the guy on the left, I'll get the guy on the right. Yeah. This is something Rachel suggests, by the way, because of course. Yeah, because she knows how to fucking kick ass. And Tobias says, Rachel, have I ever mentioned that you are extremely cool? I said, then to the hork just keep running the same direction. Don't stop. Right. <laughs> and so they go for eyes. They knock people out of the truck. It's a tactical kind of... Uh, <laughs> tactical. It's a tactical kind of, uh, uh, you know, thing to have Rachel do. Yes. Rachel, the... the the war hog. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> the war hog? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just like, you know, somebody who, like, really enjoys war and really... Right. And like, who's good at it. Who's naturally good at it. When Rachel, like, goes to college, she'll probably, like, take, you know, military history, you know? Like, she yes. feels like the type of person that is deep into war strats. <laughs> right. I mean, she is quoting Sun Tzu. Right, exactly. Like, so, she gets it. So this feels like a coordinated military thing. And and they're fucking birds taking on humans with guns. That's yeah. cool. Flying at humans too. With, yes. Like, straightforward. This, like, Bullets right flying into through their feathers. Right. Missing by millimeters, he says. So they take out the shooters. They're yes. still the driver. Mm-hmm. Hork Bajur, first one comes running out, gets away. Second one pops out of the dense forest. Fucking truck hits that hork Yep. The hork who survives says, Kalashi! Kalashi! My wife. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Kalashi is hork for my wife. <laughs> well, he says, my wife. Yeah. He that's, does. Not, that's, not, that's not only a Borat joke. <laughs> and Tobias is like, did he say my wife? And Rachel said, did he say my wife? <laughs> so our first, our hork our free hork first one in centuries, a yeah. wife guy. Well, you know, I if somebody's going to be covered in razor blades and knives and can really just take somebody down, it's a wife guy. Yeah, he's going to protect his wife. That's right. This is a guy who is holding holding his Kalishi <laughs> close while she's pregnant and holding the big gun. I can be your devil or I can be your angle. <laughs> angle isn't like the angle I'll cut you with my little yes. little elbow blade. That one, yeah. Yeah. He knows the way of the blade for his yes. wife. Yes. He has studied the blade. <laughs> <laughs> and when the Yurks are at knocking down your door, you have the audacity to ask me for help? <laughs> uh, do, do you think this Hork would be like way into anime? <laughs> Probably, right? No, because he fucks. <laughs> uh, now, and does he? He does. Man, this Hork would fucks. <laughs> Anyways. It's fine. So they're running away. Uh, wife guy is very upset by the death of wife. <laughs> yes, and they're like, what the fuck? Well, yeah, they're like, wife? What do you mean wife? Yeah, so they cut ahead. <laughs> they mention that they stash the hork in a cave, and he's like shell-shocked from losing his Kalashi. Yeah, he's just he's fine to stay in there for now. Yeah, you should cut in some Game of Thrones Khaleesi. <laughs> yeah, that's what I keep... I wonder, I wonder where they got Khaleesi from. Yeah, Kay- Kathy Apples, where did you get Kalashi? Yeah, did you steal it from Game of Thrones? Did you look into the future and pull? No, these were written... Game of Thrones was written before these books. 
No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think so. No, I, here's how I know this is that um, fucking uh, Song of Fire Iceman, Iceman, what's his name? Uh, George R. R. Martin. George R. R. Martin, he did um, Twilight Zone episodes around this time. What? Yeah, he was uh, doing uh, writing for Twilight Zone. See, I suppose he could be doing both. Like, There's no reason why he couldn't just like write two things. I guess we will never know. First one written, 1996. When was this written? 97. Oh, damn. Damn. Oh, shit. I mean, there's no way she read those fucking books. Yeah, surely this <laughs> fantasy author would never read any other fantasy. No, never. So they cut ahead. Tobias and Rachel are telling the group what happened, and they're like, wait. This horpature is a wife guy? This is the only thing they care about is the wife. Yeah. Tell me more about you. He has a wife? Like, he fuck? <laughs> yeah. He, Marco's like, that horpature's fucking and I'm not fucking? Wow. Real cool. Yeah, real cool, Marco. Talking about fucking in a kid's book. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it. And the detail. So they all pretty much know what to do. They need to go talk to this yeah. horpature who's They're like, scared and Axe, alone in a cave. Axe, tell us about horpature wife. And he's like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, and like, what What do you mean you don't know? He's like... This is their biggest, like, yeah. shock troop. You the, should know a little bit. The last free Hork Majur was years ago. There's no free one left. So the first one is a wife guy. Yeah. And like, well, the thing that gets me is just Axe just doesn't know much about Hork Majur. Yeah, he's like, you know, there's another game, another hot Adelite girl. Haven't they, like, captured, like, one? Just no. Grab one. They just kill him. They can't, like, just grab one? It would be useful to know information about your enemy, right? Well, I mean... In order to defeat the bug, you must understand the bug. To fight the bug, we must understand the bug. We can ill afford another Klendathu. It's afraid. (laughs) It is afraid in a cave right now. Yes. So they go to the cave to understand the bug. Yeah, and they don't want to... They don't want to reveal that they're humans to the Horkwajur just in case... It might be a trap. It might still be a trap. Well, and also, if he gets captured like, and gets yerk-brained again, he has information yeah, he in knows, there. he knows everything. Right. So, Axe and Tobias approach the cave. Yeah. And Axe... Those are the only two yeah. that can go in, because... Axe is an Andalite. And Tobias is the hawk. Tobias is not human. That's why he can go in. Yeah, he can. Right? Yeah, he's... God, I love him so much. Yeah, he's the only one that can pass as not human. Yes. Which is wild. That's because <laughs> he is. He has a human brain. <laughs> He's but got like that's he, human know, brain, human heart. <laughs> He's perfect for this mission, though. He is. So, but of course, Axe needs to go in too because he's an alien, mm-hmm. and maybe they should talk to each other. Right. Which turns out actually a bad idea. Bad idea. Horkbajur. <laughs> uh, all aliens are friends, right? Horkbajur immediately starts knifing out. Axe is like slashing with his tail. They're not buds, and he's like, Andalite bad. The reaction was immediate. Hrithin Andalite! A blade arm slashed, missing Axe's head by inches. Axe jerked back and cocked his tail to strike. No! I yelled. Listen in there, you weed-whacking-looking jerk! Calm down! An Axeman, take it easy. The bladed arm withdrew slowly, and Axe relaxed his tail. I took a few seconds to slow my heart down. When a bird is startled, it wants to fly. Natural instinct. I had to fight to control it and stay put. What's going on in there? Cassie asked. I looked up at the sky. Rachel and Cassie were up there in Birdmorph. Rachel is her bald eagle self, and Cassie's an owl. The sun was just setting, and when darkness fell, an owl would be a lot more useful than an eagle. The two of them were flying cover, making sure we weren't disturbed. Oh, nothing much, I said. We're all just saying hello. 
By the way, is everything clear up there, Cassie, Rachel? Yep, everything is clear, Rachel called down. I took a couple of deep breaths and tried to steady my nerves. Neither Axe nor I wanted to go into that cave anymore. You just can't be careless when you're dealing with Horkbajur. One fast move and they can leave you wondering why your head is rolling around in the grass. Horkbajur, come on out, I said firmly. Slowly the big creature crawled out. He stood erect, blinking in the dim evening light. Not Horkbajur, he said. Jarahami, my name Jarahami. He's kidding, right? Jake said in my head. His name is Jeremy? <laughs> so we meet Jeremy the Horkbajur. <laughs> Yep. Here comes Jeremy. We could call him Jarahami, like he wants us to. Yeah. He's Jeremy. So they tell Axe he has to talk to Jeremy here. And so Axe leads with My name is Axe Axe said. You are Ruthin Andalite. Yes. You kill me? No, I won't kill you. Ruthin, kill Horkbajur, the Horkbajur named Jeremy said. Hork butcher, kill Hruthin. This is going real well, Marco, Marco said, said dryly. Then he sang new words for that Barney song. I kill you, you kill me. We're, We're an, an alien family. family with a slush slash anamorph. Kill the Visser 3. <laughs> Did I do it right? Yeah, I'm just like, I'm having flashbacks to the 90s. Like to Barney? Uh-huh. Of like... Everyone fucking hated Barney. Everyone hated Barney. They hated Barney, but he was fine. He's a kid's show. Of course he's going to be like a little bit annoying. Have mm-hmm. you seen Paw Patrol? No. <laughs> Have you seen PJ Masks? No, but I've seen the baby shark thing. Have you seen Peppa Pig? No. Well, maybe. Like when we're doing procedures on kids, they will often hand the kids a cell phone and they'll play the stupidest shit I've ever seen on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, well, some of it's pretty good. Like the alligators that go through the fountain. One or, uh, <laughs> or like uh, Paul Joseph Watson. Prison Planet. <laughs> Yes, I'm aware I, of the prison plan. I hate that guy. I hate him so fucking much. Yeah, well, only because you're uh, in the prison. He's free. He has a free mind. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him so much. Yeah, you just take that blue pill. Uh, I'll take my red pill to get me out of the Matrix. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> my favorite part of 2020 is when the director of the Matrix went on Twitter and said, you're both fucking idiots. Yeah, I told Elon Musk to eat shit. That's pretty good. In case you're wondering what day it is, Elon Musk's rocket just blew up. Yeah, good. Hopefully with him in it. Fucking idiot. Fucking South African apartheid diamond stealing motherfucker. Looks like somebody smoked too much weed on Joe Rogan. Oh! Hello, Grimes. <laughs> Mid-mix. Hello, Grimes. Where's the old baby? I'm Elon Musk. That's it. That's... Is that what... Yeah. Yeah, sure. He's like, oh, I'm bold, but I'm rich. (laughs) Check out me rocket ship. (laughs) I'm a billionaire who also likes Rick and Morty. (laughs) Nikola Tesla is an electric wizard. (laughs) So if you're keeping track, we hate Harry Potter. We hate dog rates. And we hate Elon Musk. Okay. I mean, there's more things we hate. Well, yeah, but those are like... We love the pillars of hate of this podcast. Yeah, okay, but like, in order to like, you know, the pillars of hate are holding up the floor of love, which includes <laughs> Tobias, Axe, and Jeremy. Yes, <laughs> I love Jeremy the Horkbitcher. 
I, I yeah, Jeremy the Hark Mature. Uh, even though he has some powerful wife energy, he's a guy who would be good at like you know he would throw a good barbecue. Yes. Right? Yes. He can grill. <laughs> Jeremy can grill. 100% he can and grill. And you know how I know Jeremy can grill? They accuse him of possibly being a yerk. Right. And Jeremy immediately cuts open his head and shows them his brain. I saw the wrist blade slice right into his own head. He sliced right into his own head. No! I yelled in horror. Yeah! Jake yelped. There was a gash six inches deep in the hork head. He reached up with his clawed hands and pulled the gash open. He pulled his own head open. And it's not like it didn't hurt him. I could see the pain on his face. Blood or something oozed in shades of deep red and deeper blue-green. He held the gash open and we stared, axing me right into the hork brain. I guess Jake and Marco could see it pretty clearly too. Oh, man. Marco moaned. Can't I just say, Yuck. Jara Hami pressed the two sides of the gash together. He held the cut for a few seconds, and with amazing speed, the bleeding coagulated. Shit. Yeah, just scabbing up like a pro. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, my head, mine. Jeremy free. <laughs> Look at brain. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, okay. Jara Hami is strong, but Jara Hami needs help. <laughs> Here's the thing. If you could just pop open your head like a melon... And have it be sealed up perfectly fine in like a couple of hours. Would you be doing that all the time? Yes, dear God, yes, <laughs> all the time. You're like, mm, I feel a little sad today. Pop, <laughs> cut. <laughs> just oh, let's look at my brains. Let's it, just tool around with this higher function part. Could, see could if I imagine, feel happier. Could you imagine if you have like anxiety and like you have like irrational fears and you just like pop up in your head to see if like, hey, is everything fine? Everything fine in my brain? <laughs> Okay, good. We're good. We're good. No, instead, I just have to do that emotionally. Yeah. It's we, like, oh, oh, do I still want to live today? Oh, nope, not really, but I'll go to work anyway. Oh. Scab. <laughs> so, Jeremy, Jeremy, the hork butcher, I like Jeremy the hork butcher, yeah. asked for their help. Help to do what? Axe asked him gently. The hork butcher stared at Axe, then shifted his gaze to me. Flying animals saw my kalish. Jarahami must find her. Jarahami. He struggled to come up with a word. Then he made a gesture with his hands, as if someone were tearing something out of him, as if someone were removing his heart. There was no question what it meant. Even across the huge divide between our species, I could recognize that emotion. You love her, I said. Jarahami loves. The hork said. Kalishi, Jarahami free. Want free. (laughs) Jeremy free. Jeremy want free. (laughs) (laughs) So they got the plot of this book. (laughs) Yep. Jeremy loves. That's the plot of this book. That's enough for them to believe him. There's no yerk in his brain. He's strong. He wants to be free. Wants his wife. Jeremy wants wife. Jeremy wants two things. Jeremy wants wife. Jeremy wants free. Live free or want wife. (laughs) (laughs) Live free and want wife. Live free, get wife, or die. (laughs) Oh, there's the title. (laughs) So the Anwarfs decide to help Jeremy, our lovable Chud. (laughs) The Chud who loves to love. (laughs) He loves his wife. He has strong feelings about (laughs) alien races that are not his own. (laughs) Yes. But he just wants to... He doesn't want any miscegenation. (laughs) No, he just wants his wife. (laughs) Yeah, just just give me my wife and my (laughs) AR-15. 
you know what Jeremy is? Jeremy is just like a misguided hunter in the middle of, uh, you know, nowhere. He doesn't care about politics, mm-hmm. but he does care about his wife. Right. And cares about his property. <laughs> and he's got some funny ideas about people's ages and what's okay. Libertarians are all pedos. That's the oh, joke. I, I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't calling him a libertarian. Oh, okay. I thought he was just like a Republican that didn't really look into it. Oh, that yeah, that too. Yeah, like he's a Republican who just didn't look into what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing people get owned. The Donald owns the liberals. <laughs> no, it's more of like the guy who listens to part of Rush Limbaugh and likes him because he's angry. <laughs> he's not really listening. Yeah, he's like, man, I can't wait to get out to my forest porn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He pour just wants to fish. Pour myself another beer. <laughs> so they decide to help Love's Quest and uh, <laughs> help Jeremy find the presumably dead wife. Well, Jeremy doesn't think so. Well, but yeah, that's Jer- when we get the complicating factor. What's that? 15 to 20 controllers heading that way. Cassie yeah. said so. This book don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> this is the start of the momentum that doesn't quit. Right. But it's but they are after there are, there are after two Jeremy's, waves of yeah. controllers coming, one from the east, one from the south. They want Jeremy bad. They want Jeremy bad. So even if they wanted to help him with the quest of like finding dead wife, it doesn't matter at this point because they need to get him out of there. Yeah, they know they're converging on this cave. They gotta get the fuck out. Right. And they they realize that they could easily leave. They could just take off, leave Jeremy, be fine. Yeah. Jeremy doesn't know that much. Jeremy doesn't. Well, he knows that they can turn into birds. They know that he knows that he could just be abandoned. Yeah, but he saw he saw an andalite. Yeah, he saw what he assumes is a person in the bird, or an andalite and a bird. He doesn't trust andalites, and he's kind of has a low opinion of their honor. It sounds like. Yes. So Tobias realizes they want the Horquajur, and they need a distraction to get Jeremy out of there. So he says, "I've got an idea." It's a big one, but it's an idea. And they're like, okay, what is it? He says, let's give them a hork pajur. Someone will acquire the hork pajur, turn into them, and distract them. And who volunteers to do that very thing? Uh, the, uh, Marco and Cassie, one of the two. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Uh, no, of course it's Rachel. It's Rachel. Because Rachel loves death and yearns for a heroic uh, end. <laughs> Don't we all, man? So, like, yeah, she, she acquires the Hork Bajur, and I want to read this transformation. Normally, we but, skip by them, but, like, they're pretty, this one in particular is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, she acquires the Hork Bajur, but let me ask you this. If you were to die heroically, how would it be? Uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't go for, like, the charge of death mm-hmm. towards, like, an invading army. I would like to do, like, the I'm closing a door and preventing them from killing everyone. That kind of heroic death. I would like to heroically... Have a heart attack after a life of overeating, like a like a true hero, American hero. Yeah, this is like an American hero, like every troop. Name another American hero. Is the answer Shaq? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's... guess who turns into a Shaq-sized um, pork majeure? <laughs> Rachel, described in the book as Shaq size. <laughs> she was growing taller now. She was already tall for a girl, but now she was quickly heading towards Shaq size. Her skin was changing. She turned dark, almost green-black. Her feet mutated swiftly from dainty human feet to three-toed, one-spur feet of the hork Feet that looked like my own talons, except much, much larger. 
Her face grew elongated. The jaw bulged forward and became smooth as a bullet. Her eyes were narrow, red-tinged slits. And then blades began to appear. Swoop! Horn blades exposed from her forehead. Swoop! Blades appeared at her wrists and elbows. Swoop! Blades grew at her knees. Rachel had become a walking razor. Seven feet of muscled, deadly speed. So, Rachel said, so this is a hork bajur. And like, I like that description because I didn't have a clear picture of what what hork bajur mm-hmm. was. I just, it's, just, it's just blades everywhere. But yeah, bird here, mouth, snake neck. Right. It, it didn't distinguish where these blades were. Right. But in this book, like, yeah, it's very important where these blades are located. Yes. <laughs> For a reason we'll get into later. <laughs> but like, I, I like that like lead into like, we really need to paint the picture of what these things look like. Yes. They're not just walking salad shooters anymore. No. They are tall, bird-like creatures. Covered in blades. Well, not covered in not blades. Not covered. But, but like, they have blades like at, at the hands and knees mm-hmm. and elbows. Yes. And right? head. Every, yeah. Everything pointing forwards. Mm-hmm. Right. And- I don't know. I, I just like that description because it it gives me a clear idea of just like instead of blade monster. Because like when I was honestly at the beginning of this reading of the Animorphs, I always pictured Horkbajur as just like dumb fantasy novel covered yeah. in blades everywhere, yes. like um, like an evil Darth Maul looking dumb. Like, well, shit. no, like like Pinhead, where it's just like okay, yeah. everywhere, everywhere. They can't move. They can only like just wobble forward with like blades. But like I don't know. I, I just appreciated it. Yeah, and that's when Jeremy and Rachel do the hork bajur dance for dominance. Yeah, for dominance. It's Rachel kind of loses her mind in the hork bajur morph. They, as you do. They look like they're attacking each other, but they're missing. Mm-hmm. And as we're coming to find out, it's the hork bajur ritual of like being a badass with it, knives, like yeah. a dance. It's when you win in Mortal Kombat and you do a friendship. <laughs> yeah. Friendship. 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 Basically. So the plan is to send Rachel in as Archibald to run away to act as a distraction. Yes. And then eventually she'll turn into a bird and fly off? I guess. That's that's the plan. All right. But they didn't see Marco, who was his gorilla. And he walks up, taps a hork on the shoulder, and just punches him to death. (laughs) Goes full Indiana Jones on him. Yeah. Which is probably where he got that move. Probably. I mean, it's a fitting move. When they use Marco like that, it's a good use of Marco. Yeah. And so, Sarcastic fighting. So Tobias does the one thing that he does best. He flies on Rachel's horn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get that horn, bird. He gets on her head while she starts running because he's like, I normally can't help, but I'm going to stay with Rachel. Yeah, well, he, he always feels guilty about not being able to yes. participate in missions. Yes. And so I just read this as, a, no, I'm, I'm hanging out. Yeah, he's like, I'm, gonna I'm help. in this. Yeah. I'm going to help no matter what, even if I'm useless. Yes, they need me. Yeah! Rachel cried. She pitched forward. I pitched forward. We hit the ground hard and rolled through a juniper bush. Sorry I tripped. You okay, Tobias? Yeah, I think so. I was caught in the branches of the bush. I couldn't fight too hard to get out or I'd damage my feathers. Slice! Slice! Suddenly the juniper branches were gone. All right, I like these blades! Rachel said. Excellent. I fluttered my wings and hopped up to get back on Rachel's horns, but I must have overshot my goal because suddenly I was flying through the air. No, wait, hold on. I was up above the trees. Impossible. How did I get How did I get here? I hadn't even flown. I'd barely hopped and now I was up in the sky. What the I so, did No, he's ti- he's time skipping. Yes. He <laughs> like, he phased out. He's an NPC who phased out. He's like, he's you know, clipping. He, 
I, I saw it more as like a, a, a intense drug trip where time just kind of goes away for a second. Right. <laughs> he he had some he had some bird mushrooms and now like you know he's showing up in places that he doesn't remember going to. Yes, I had to read this a couple times because I wasn't sure what the fuck was happening. Yeah, but and, it, it, effectively he just kind of teleported. <laughs> yes, and. He could see Cassie, who was about a quarter mile of away. And he's like, what the fuck? And that's when he looks down, and he sees a single hork majeur. And he's like, is that fucking Rachel? No, it couldn't be. She was she was back where I should be. Was it Jeremy himself? What's going on? I noticed that one of the human controllers seemed to be sick. He was doubling over like he was having a spasm. No. Wait. He was morphing. It took a few seconds for me to be sure. When I saw the extra stock eyes appear and the sharp-tipped tail, I knew it was an Andalite. Oh, a friendly Andalite. You know, like, it was yeah. Axe over there. Yeah, it's like there are only two Andalites on planet Earth. One is Axe. The other is not a true Andalite at all. It's a Yurk who uses an Andalite body. The only Andalite controller in the galaxy. The only Yurk to have the power to morph. Our greatest enemy, the leader of the Yurk invasion of Earth, murderer of Axe brother Elfengor. Visser 3. Oh, wow. The only character who gets four paragraphs of introduction yes, every time. Every single time. The Worth dark it. evil emanating. I, I felt a shiver in my spine as my, my body recoiled in self-preservation. <laughs> For it was Visser 3. Our uh, boy's here. Visser 3 is here. Because, of course, like if they're sending like 20 dudes out, Visser 3 is going to be there to yell at them. Yes. <laughs> That's when Tobias starts calling out, uh, hey, Rachel, Jake, anyone? No one's responding. That's when Visser 3 says, well, well, Ket Hellpack. Visser 3 said, that is your name, isn't it? Your original Hork Bajur name? You've run us a nice chase, but it's time to come home now. Mr. Three seldom bothered to whisper his thoughts speak. I guess when you're that powerful, it never occurs to you to worry that someone might overhear. You ever know a guy who felt so highly of himself that he was always yelling? Yeah, every guy who goes to Applebee's. <laughs> but yes. Yelling, yeah. I want a margarita yeah. to everyone in the Applebee's. I need some more honey barbecue boneless wings. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all right, that, that checks out. I am not pleased by this mudslide. Sir, listen, we'll, we'll get you... Bring me more mudslide. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you can talk to me. You don't need to talk to everyone. This freckled lemonade has run empty, and I require more steak fries from the Red Robin. Uh, yes, hi, sir. Um, you know, we, we can hear you in the... Back. Enough! Taxons, eat him! <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Three, eats a, he eats at Applebee's, but he's too good for it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he just wants those cheap appetizers. He does. Man, those moth sticks. Ooh. Okay, don't make fun of mozzarella sticks. I'm not. They're delicious. That was genuine <laughs> love for mozzarella sticks. Okay, so I hear, I, I have an idea. Uh-huh. It's not my idea, but I overheard it, and I want to try it. Okay. String cheese in the freezer, pulled out, breaded. Mozzarella stick? I mean, I think you can just bread the string cheese, yeah? You should freeze it first, otherwise. Why? It, because otherwise it just gets all, it melts out. You want it to be gooey when you finally put it in your mouth. I want you to be gooey when I put you in my mouth. Swoop. He <laughs> 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 grew a blade. <laughs> As we will find out later. Ket Hellpack. 
he had called the Horkpature. So it was not Jarahami. This was his Kalashi, his wife. They had her surrounded. So Visor 3's got the Kalashi surrounded. Mm-hmm. He's gloating like, ha you dumb bitch. Time to come home, you freaky hoe. So who else is going to take action but Tobias? Nobody else is around. They're all you know riding along with well, Rachel. Here's the thing. They're in Tobias' home. He knows this place. He knows he's pretty much helpless. But this he, is the only world he's known for like four months? A while. This is his world now. Right. And guess who just stepped into his world? Fucking Visser 3. Watch out. Motherfucker. You in Tobias's woods. So Tobias does what a bird does. He knows there's another hawk around. <laughs> he makes a plan. <laughs> he, yeah. He, Tobias is really good at thinking on his feet. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd say that um, this plan is impressive considering he only had like 10 seconds to pull it off. Yes. You know? But like again, he knew, he knew that there was a uh, Swanson hawk. Yes. Swainson? Swainson. I, I don't know. Hey, bird lovers, write us in. Let us know. Swainson, Swanson. Yeah, they had they had a, um, a penguin in that tree. Yes. <laughs> Tobias lets out a few seers, seers, just calling, and the hawk jumps out. Visser 3 immediately is like, get him! Yeah, because for Visser 3, any animal that is around him is an Andalite bandit that must be blasted. Yes, and that's what the Visser 3 looks at the bird with all four of his eyes. They start shooting at the bird. Tobias whispers to Ket Halpak, Hey, I'm a friend of Jeremy. Get ready. Talons forward. Beak thrust out. Sudden flaring of wings to adjust the angle and strike. My talons raked Mr. Three's exposed stock eyes from behind. <laughs> Mr. Three bellowed in pain. Now run. Blam, blam, blam. Our boy got Mr. Three's eyes. Of, yeah, the ultimate eyes. He got the eyes. But he didn't take the eyes. He got them, though. Oh yeah, he definitely he raked him. Which, yes. I, I like rake as a like a attack verb. Yes, because like, it's very descriptive. Right. When you rake somebody, <laughs> it's a prolonged slashing. Right. Ugh. I would I, like there are only two people that can rake you. Tobias and Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yes, fair. So yes, he takes Visser's eyes, gets Cat Halpack to run. What was your reaction to like reading this? This whole scene. I was like, fuck yeah. This yeah. is cool. For me, I was part, fuck yeah, this is cool. Another part for me was like, this is going to get you killed. You're like, you're swooping right over to three with uh-huh. no plan. Like, you, maybe the bird comes out and distracts yeah. him. Maybe not. Maybe he doesn't get distracted. Like, there's so many things that could go wrong. Then I'm just like, you don't care about life anymore, man. You're just, you are too reckless. And we know that Tobias disassociates and throws himself into crazy situations. Right. And part of me that after reading the first Tobias book is like, okay, we know that you've been in a dark place. Yeah. We know that you get reckless with your, your life because you don't necessarily mm-hmm. care all that much. Yeah. Or rather, like, you have given up on your own life a little bit. And we know Tobias has recently suffered a depression from feeling neglected by Rachel and his friends. Right. So, like, this whole plan of just, like, I'm going to fly headfirst into Vista 3 and hope I don't get shot. <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? I mean, hey, you... I mean, it works. Shoot your shot, man. That's what I say. Yeah. I mean, hey, whatever. There are no guarantees. But, like, <laughs> right. this one just seemed like an extra gamble. That's and all. You know what? For someone who often doesn't get to help with missions and feels left out, I mean, Tobias, he don't miss. 
Well, maybe that's another thing too. Maybe like he's been left out so much that he just needed to have that win right then. Like he needed to be important. I mean, I get that. Don't you get that? Sometimes you just need a fucking win, right? But like, at what cost? (laughs) Like you know, like you needed a win, but like you know, at a certain point, like you shouldn't make you shouldn't shoot every shot. No, like you really shouldn't. And this is a shot that should not have been shot. But he shot it, and he he got the shoot. He got the three pointer. Uh, and took took the wife away from Vista Three. Uh, well, no, they they just run off. Yeah, right? they run off. Yeah, and Jeremy and Cat Halpack. Should we call her something else? Cat, Ketty, Cat, Ketty, Cat. Short for ketamine. Ketamine Apple Applegate. I'm ketamine Applegate. This is my husband Jeremy and me. Uh, I'm ketamine. <laughs> they call me Special K. Y'all gonna come in here have a little sweet tea, okay? <laughs> what are we doing? In the end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> so in this end, it doesn't matter because they get away, they get to the cave, yes. they meet up, and it's a very romantic reunion yeah. where they immediately start clicking at each other and then yes. hit, and clanking their horns against each other in like this weird dance. Yeah, they didn't exactly hug. I guess hugging doesn't work all that well when you have blades all over. Ket Halpak did touch the healing wound Jeremy had made in his own head. So yeah, they didn't hug. They you, you can't sh- hug with nuclear arms. God damn it. <laughs> you can't hug with knife arms. It's the Horkwitcher story. Let's write the Horkwitcher love star story. You can't hug with knife arms. <laughs> but you can, though. It's just going to hurt, you know, because love hurts. And burns. <laughs> Is that the next line? I don't know. So they're very thankful, the hork and they're like, Tobias even makes a crack at Rachel because Rachel's like, oh, man, I'm going to get grounded. And he's like, your mom wouldn't ground a Packard Foundation outstanding student, would she? So <laughs> he's like, he takes this victory and makes it about the way he's been slighted, which is kind of a dick move. But he's hurting, and he kind of—I I, I didn't read it like that. I think I think really? it was just like a, a you know a casual, just kind of like you're fine, don't worry about it. Well, I think it's more of a hey, that thing you don't want me to know, I know kind of thing. I can see that. M- maybe it's, it's up to interpretation. It's something depressed people do to kind of be like, Haha, yeah, I'm sad because of you. <laughs> just kidding. It's a joke, you piece of shit. It's a funny joke. It's I, a joke, you goddamn monster. I did a funny humor. Sorry, it's fine. So they need to stay in the cave. Yeah. Because obviously they're being hunted. Um, but then again, the kids need to go home for bed. Otherwise, they're grounded. So the kids leave and the two non-human kids stay behind. Yes. Which is, of course, Axe and Tobias. Axe and Tobias have nowhere to go. Right. So might as well guard the cave. Okay. So they leave Axe and Tobias to kind of guard. Yeah. They guard, make a, they guard make a the, plan. The happy couple. Yeah. For later in the week, they're going to take... Jeremy and Kitty Cat up to this special lovely, K, special K, Jeremy and special K up special to this, <laughs> this special little place up the mountains. Tobias knows, and Tobias says, "I know a place way up in the mountains, a valley. There are caves and freshwater streams. It's hidden." The picture of the place was clear in my mind. I could see it perfectly. I saw a beautiful waterfall. I saw tall trees that practically blotted out the sky in some areas, and a wide meadow filled with wildflowers. In my mind, I could even imagine the place being home to Hork-Bajur. 
Maybe we could take them there, I suggested. I mean, we don't have any better plan, right? Jake says, because he's a shit leader. <laughs> so he Jake's just, just like, whatever, yeah. fine. Jake decides not to decide and says, yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, and? And, that, and uh, Marco makes a glib remark about how they're going to go to Tobias's Garden of Eve, Garden of Eden for the Adam and Eve Horkbiger. And Tobias says, not a bad description, I thought. That was a little what the valley was like. I could see the place as clearly in my mind as any place I'd ever been. There was just one little problem. I'd never been there. I'd never actually seen it. And I have no idea where the lovely pictures in my mind had come from. Psychic bird boy. <laughs> he knows the future. And Psychic the bird boy. Again, it's... You really need to get baseball back in your life, don't you? <laughs> I need it so bad. So... Tobias is a psychic bird from, yep. from our dreams. Mm-hmm. He sees, he has farsight. He yes. can see things that he does not, he's never been. The shinning. He has the shinning. <laughs> no, he's got, what is it, the dark place thing? He can see things that have happened, are happening, or will happen. <laughs> right. Uh, and he doesn't know why. You could probably make some guesses to why. Yeah, if you've listened know. to the series or read the books, you probably know why. And it's fine. So... That's their plan for the next day. It's late. Tobias is like, I'll, I'll do first watch. Yeah, because the kids need to go home. They, yeah. they, they go home to please their dumb parents because I guess they have to be home on time. Yeah, and he talks about how he usually sleeps on his favorite perch, but he couldn't do that. Yeah, he's he got to stay watch. that cave, and which so is it, a problem though, right? Yes, because there are predators, and Tobias is deathly afraid of, I mean, wolves and foxes are fine because they can't climb trees, but... Sometimes raccoons can climb trees. There's owls. There's all kinds of shit. Man, owls. I keep on thinking of that video. Yeah. So, listeners, if you are on Twitter, you should look up Nature is Scary and look for the video with the owl. Or you could just Google owl snatching hawk because... There's a nice video of just like this owl just swooping over by a red-tailed hawk nest and just snatching up a hawk and yeah. flying off. And this other hawk is just kind of like looking around yeah. just like... Grabbing it in front of its mate and just taking off. Yeah, that hawk was not a wife guy, and <laughs> yeah, the wife just got got. Um, so Tobias opines about how terrible owls are, and then he says this. That's why the owls scare me. They see through darkness like I see through daylight. To an owl, I'm as visible as if I were outlined in bright red flashing neon. And the owl doesn't make any noise as it flies in for the kill. No noise, none. It makes me nervous. But what can you do? I guess everyone has problems, right? So... It- <laughs> Tobias talks and talks about how he's petrified and scared of dying. Yeah. And then he just kind of brushes it off instead of validating his own feelings. It's kind of he's, a bummer. He's anxious about dying. He doesn't necessarily fear yeah. death. He, he says, But at night as I listen for the sounds of raccoons scrabbling and open my eyes to watch the ghost, the ghostly owls do their killing work, I wish I had a house. If you ask me what I think of being a red-tailed hawk, I'd give you two different answers depending on the time of day. When the sun is up and the thermals are piling up the tall clouds and I'm riding the high breezes a million miles above the humans who crawl along below me, well, then I'd say it's great. But at night, when I cower on my branch and peer half blind through the leaves, a cold moon, and can only listen to the sounds of the night predators doing their work, well, that's different. So he's, during the day, he's happy, but at night, the terror gets to him. I get that. Have you gone, like, when's the last time you went camping? Uh, it's been years. I hate camping. Right. Camping but sucks. What do you remember about camping at night? Like, and hearing shit? It's quiet. You hear things. You hear cracks. And it's like, ooh, is that a bear? Did, what is that? What's moving? What's out there? 
for me, the worst thing about like the worst thing about sleep is that like, well, okay, let me rephrase this. There's nothing worse than sleeping in a place where you don't feel safe mm-hmm. entirely. Yeah. Right, like in your room, it's fine. You have a lock. Right. Maybe if you're uh, our our good friend the Hork Bajur, you have a gun under your pillow, mm-hmm. ready to jump at action at a moment's notice. <laughs> um, but like sometimes you're just not sleeping in an area that's entirely safe. Yeah. Like you're sleeping in your car somewhere. When I was like, you know, putzing around in Taiwan, I would get a shitty, shitty hotel mm-hmm. that didn't have a lock. So guess who's sleeping at the door? <laughs> and. You know, like sleeping in something that isn't your bed when you could just be got at any moment is the worst experience. You don't sleep. You you don't really sleep because right. your brain kind of portions off a section that's ready to jump into life preservation mode. So, like, it sounds like Tobias has mental fatigue when it comes to sleeping in a meadow that is not his meadow. Yes, and he misses the comfort and safety. And the consistency of sleeping in a bed. Yes. Right? Of being human. Mm-hmm. Of, like, having the spot that is his room. Right. Because birds don't have rooms. They no. have maybe a tree they remember. But, right. like, anything could come up there. Snatch him. Oh, yeah. An owl. Absolutely. Uh, you know, an alien could come and blast him. <laughs> He's Tobias has been a bird so long that the predator's instinct that would keep a normal hawk vigilant and alive is starting to wear on his human consciousness because a human consciousness cannot keep that fight or flight going for so fucking long. We're not built for it. Yeah. And he's buckling. He is in a war and he hasn't been rotated to the back to yes. get a hot meal yet. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like he, he's all he does at night is shake and yes. worry about death. <laughs> yeah. I mean, me too, but at least sometimes I can Get drunk or sleep or yeah, have they have sex. pills for that. Yeah, it's like you I, have human distractions. Birds don't have that. No, I can. A bird can't like watch dumb TV and fall asleep. No, I can numb the part of my brain that's telling me I'm going to die. Right, and imagine like you didn't have distractions at all. You only had to listen to the things out there that would kill you. Oh, you'd lose your fucking mind. Yeah, and that's what he's doing. He's he's kind of just losing his mind, and right. like up wanders axe. He's like. Uh, you know, he can't ignore Axe. He's like, hey, Axe, man. Hello, Tobias. You heard me? I was trying to be silent. You're very quiet for a big old four-legged, two-handed, four-eyed scorpion alien. <laughs> Axe laughed. One of these nights I may show you. Ha, yeah, right. And eagles may fly out of my butt. Is that possible? Axe asked, sounding alarmed. No. See, that's why that's funny. I understand. Axe said, clearly not understanding at all. <laughs> right, so, so he's like sleeping, trying to fall asleep in this branch that is unfamiliar where he's really missing his old life. And then mm-hmm. comes Axe just like trying to sneak up on him. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he didn't want to wake him, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, this nice bird is sleeping, right? Yeah. And they do their little banter. They're talking about the shit they've heard coming from the cave, weird noises, well, talking. Okay, I, I, one last thing to sure. say, and then I'll be off this topic forever, sure. is that Axe has not been a bird for more than two hours. Mm-mm. Nobody has been Mm-mm. a bird for more than two hours. Nobody's been an animal for more than two hours. Correct. Really. Right. And so they don't understand the day-to-day life of being a bird. No, that's, they like, don't. That's why I would do the same thing, too. If I saw like a hawk there, just kind of eyes closed... 
I would try to sneak around him because, like, I don't want to wake up this hawk. He's right. probably having a nice dream. Right. In, but in reality, you announce yourself because any sort of rustling doesn't just wake this hawk up, mm-hmm. but it puts him in a, I'm going to die state. <laughs> yes. Right? Whew. And so, like, he doesn't get it. And nobody will get that unless they're, they've been, um, Nothlift? Nothlift, yeah. Yeah, they've been turned into a forever bird. So, which, so, uh, yeah, welcome to Tobias's world, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's constant fear and sorrow. Yep. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome. Constant, yeah, fine. So they, they chit chat. They talk about how the Horkwitcher had just been getting along, having a good time. And that's when Tobias just says, Taxons. He knows taxons are coming. Just pops in his brain. Pops in his brain. But he he knows he shouldn't know that taxons are coming, but he knows they're coming. His bird sense is tingling. <laughs> yeah. So, so he, he realizes taxons are coming. Right. And Axe is like, taxons? And he's like, yeah, taxons, and they're moving fast, and there's hork with them. And, Axe and says, they're, they're special taxons, they're too. They're special, longer, bigger taxons. They're like trained taxons to, to act as like bloodhounds to, yes. to smell out the hork and Axe is like, yeah, they can track them for miles and miles, and they won't stop till they eat them. And part two, how did you know that they're a special taxons? You have not <laughs> seen them yet. It's like, and, and so Axe is like really taken aback that he knows that they're a special yes. taxons. Mm-hmm. He's like, what's going on with you? You know yeah, things. Yeah, there's something happening. What the fuck? And you know, he's just like, I don't know what's happening. I just know these things. Axe, go get help. Yes. I will take, I'll, I'll put them on the path to the Garden of Eden. I will try to guide them to paradise. For I am their, no, I'm their Moses. <laughs> and, and Tobi- is, hold on. He is Moses. He is right? Moses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, fuck. Yeah. So, so Bird Moses is going to take him to the, the, uh, to, um, Promised Land? Uh, Moses? Jewish Ocean. <laughs> take him to Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let us know if we got that right. Moses takes him to Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> so he, Tobias starts to get pissed off. And I love this little bit about it. He says, yeah. heading towards the mountains with a pair of hork while someone or something used me like a sock puppet. Well, that was going to change. I was the predator. I was the hunter. No one was going to use me. He felt manipulated. Yes. Which is impressive. Yeah, right. Because like he shows more insight and presence of mind than all the other characters. Yeah, all he's getting is just visions and like feelings that he doesn't understand, and mm-hmm. he's just like, "I'm being used." Yeah, fuck <laughs> this. My reaction would be like, "Oh, cool." Yeah, <laughs> I'm a future boy. <laughs> I'm a warg. <laughs> Free visions. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, he's smarter though. He 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 knows when he's being used. Yes, and he's like, "Fuck that!" But he still goes along with it anyways because he doesn't have a choice. Right? Yeah. So he he rouses up the hork bajur. He says, "Like, all right, pack pack your your things, uh, get your your uh, tactical gear and your camo backpack, and let's go up to the woods." Yeah, and <laughs> Jeremy's like, "Where are we going?" He's like, "I don't really know." And then Jeremy says, "Oh, it talked to you too, huh?" <laughs> And Tobias is like, what? (laughs) You knew about special voice? Yeah. And Jeremy's like, when Yerk dropped out of brain, special voice told me run. (laughs) Grab wife and run. Yes. Grab wife and run. So me did. Now me here. And Tobias is like, motherfuckers. You motherfuckers. 
Head say, run, Jarahami. Head voice say, I will send a guide. Who? Me? <laughs> Tobias says. Huh? <laughs> like, <it's>, so... <laughs> God has told the Sarkbajur that he will send a bird guide yes. to guide him to paradise. Yes. Which So Bird Moses is coming. Tobias is confused, pissed off. And he says Also Bird Moses. And he's like, it. No, we're not fucking going anywhere. This shit stops now. Yeah. I'm not leaving here with these taxons until I get some answers and he's yelling at the sky he's yes. not talking to he's, the Hork-Bajur. no he's like screaming at the heavens which in Raleigh is just Sear, Sear! Yeah. <laughs> but by the time i had said answers i was not in the forest anymore i was not anywhere not anywhere i could understand at least i felt myself floating hanging in the air only there wasn't any air i wasn't flying just floating there was a light a beautiful blue green sort of light it didn't come from any one place It just seemed to be coming from everywhere at once. One thing was for sure. It was not in the forest anymore. Hello, Tobias. We meet again. The voice was huge, but not harsh. It filled my brain and seemed to resonate throughout my body. My feathers quivered. My fingers tingled. Fingers? And only then did I realize that I was changed. I looked down at my body, and somehow, in a way I can't explain, I seemed to be seeing through my body, too. It was as if I could see everything from every angle at once, like I was seeing myself through a million different eyes. I was no longer a red-tailed hawk, but I was not human either, at least not the way I had once had been human. I had legs that ended in talons. I had a beak, but it was a mouth, too. I, I know this all sounds crazy. I know it's impossible to really imagine it very well, but somehow I was both a human and a bird and some third thing that was in between the two. So who could be this mysterious voice that has teleported him into another world and turned him part human? The Elemist. Of course. It's, it's, our, it's the Elemist. It's our good friend, the Space Time Wizard. Yes, it's Space God Blue, fucking Ziggy Stardust bitch, saying, Hello! <laughs> yeah, I'm controlling you. The Elemist, I said in an actual voice that came from my own mouth. Then, from the vague turquoise fog around me, I saw it flying toward me. It was a bird of prey, a raptor, some undefinable shape part falcon part eagle part hawkins had a snow white belly and reddish brown back and a tail that spread to show a dusky rainbow of colors the bird flew to me then stopped and floated in midair yes tobias elemist or at least an elemist it laughed and the whole turquoise universe laughed along (laughs) (laughs) so you're the puppet master i said i should have known but this isn't how you looked last time we saw you the bird shape smiled don't ask me how it smiled with the beak it just did i choose the shape you would identify with baloney you know better than that you know i'm human are you you don't look human to me i felt a queasiness in my stomach i looked at the body i had a body that was equal parts boy and bird what do you want from me why are you making me do things i don't want to do what have i made you do tobias you put me in places i don't want to be You've dragged me into the stupid mess with these two hork There's some good things there, because I like this interaction with the Elemist because it feels like 
an actual conversation with an actual god because before it's just he's a wizard yeah <laughs> but this one he has taken multiple shapes he has chosen it's like choose the shape of your destroyer yes you know like uh-huh I, I'm going to change myself to fit you because I know that you can't understand me in my yes. true form. Yes. And I'm here to guide you to something. Yes. Because I know better. And Tobias is like, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, he's just like flipping the bird to God. And he's just like, fuck off, God. Yeah. I don't need this shit. He's like, you're making me do this shit. And the Elemis says, I will not force you, Tobias. And I will not guarantee you will even succeed. There is every chance you will die, and the two Hork Bajur will die, and all will have been a waste. Thanks. That really cheers me up. Why me? Why stick with this job? What am I, some kind of hero? The Elemis didn't laugh. Tobias, you are a beginning. You are a point on which an entire timeline may turn. I guess that should have made me feel important, but it didn't. I wasn't interested in being flattered. You want my help? Fine. Then I want yours. You're just about all-powerful, according to Axe. You can make entire galaxies disappear if you want. I don't know why you don't just make things happen the way you want them to, but hey, whatever. I looked him right in the eyes, right into eyes that were a disturbing mirror image of my own. You want me to lead these hork to this place you put in my head? Fine. But I want to get paid for my services. And what do you want, You know what I want. You know. Yes. But do you know what you want, Tobias? The Elemis asked. And if you get it, will you still know? So Tobias wants to get paid because yeah. he should get paid for he work. He should get paid. Workers get paid. Do not work for free. Never, ever <laughs> work for fucking free. Some manager shit right here. Yeah. No, it's fine. Just clean up afterwards. All right. Mm-hmm. Like, you made this mess. You need to clean up after you're done. Right. And so Tobias has a long night of leading these hork bajur through the fucking forest. He said every shadow felt like an enemy. We just get the chapter of Tobias petrified in fear of a forest at night. Yeah. And now he's blindly leading the hork through the forest. And he's just been assured that he might not survive. So he's not even going through the forest thinking he's invincible. Right. Of course this Elmas better pay him. Right. Like, it, yeah, because like, hey, if I'm sticking my neck out, why? Why am I doing this? Yeah. I don't... Like, he doesn't want the, the hork dead, obviously. He cares a little bit. He was still... The thing is, I think he would still do this if the Elmas said, I'm not going to give you shit. Yes. But that doesn't mean it's right. Correct. <laughs> so they're stomping through the woods. He's like, everything's fine. You know, I, I guess it's dawn. I guess, like, you know, lights mm-hmm. come up. Uh, he stops everybody in their tracks, though, because he finds the one thing that is dangerous in the forest. The one thing that won't run away from a blade monster. Yes. Yerks, Jeremy responded. Taxons, Ket Helpak asked fearfully. No, worse, a skunk. <laughs> yeah, they get. Just let it go its way. Nobody move a muscle till it's gone. Ha! Small animal. Not kill Jeremy. <laughs> no, it won't kill you. It'll just make you wish you were dead. Because stink. Yeah, <laughs> skunks are funny because they make. Smell bad. I just wanted to point out that. And no, that's no. There's some, there's some good stink. Going. They pepper in little things like this to make it interesting and like a world we've lived in. They're, they're going on a journey, which mm-hmm. I kind of like. I like yeah. journey stories. And, I like it when somebody needs to go like walk from one place to another place, and, and they're not doing the thing where that Ka Applegate loves to do and cut away. Yeah, this is all Tobias 
all hork pajur. We're still in, in the environment a yes. little bit, which I appreciate. Yes. We, we are here creating a setting of the forest and having aliens just kind of not really know what to do with it. So they stop because the hork pajur are exhausted. Tobias is exhausted. And the hork pajur got to eat. And in tradition of these books, the aliens eat in a really interesting way. <laughs> I like this... Not gimmick. I like this. This. Uh, this explanation. Yeah. I, no. Like I, I. like this design. I like this character design. Yeah. It's, because it's purposeful in the way that it points out how deadly the Horkbajir are. Yes. Throughout these entire books, they are blade monsters. They are mm-hmm. out to kill. They are out to. to They're big, hulking, shack-sized killers. Right. And they've been that way. They've been the shock troops yep. for like you know what thirteen bucks now. Yep. Uh. But in this book, we kind of find out why. Yeah, they like, had always says, oh, they used to be peaceful. And it's like, how could these fuckers be peaceful? No, they have giant like knives on their, their yeah. fronts. And like even in the beginning of this book, they, they greet each other by doing like a little sword dance. Yes. <laughs> but here they're like, all right, we need a snack. So, you know, uh, Jeremy walks up to a tree, bends down, slice, slice, and starts munching on some bark. Yeah. <laughs> so- and that's when we find out that... Every single one of these blades that is coming out of his body is designed to eat special types of bark. Yes. <laughs> Different types of tree bark. Right. Like, oh, the top ones get the one near the, higher in the tree. Yep. This one's good for getting the sap out. Yeah. Kind of pulling out the, the, the bark chunks. And Tobias is just like sitting here astounded because he, he had the same observation. He thought they were just murder machines that yep. they would eat meat. And it, I mean, I don't know how much of this K.A. Applegate planned in advance. I think this was planned. But that is, planned. that is fucking... It's fucking cool. It is. It's nice to get some payoff for something like that. that that's a slow burn. And that may not have this, payoff. And then especially this series of books yes. where they can be read in isolation. Yes. That took some uh, um, bravery and foresight. It did. It, it, took, it took some real planning and real kind of... She, she, I think she had to fight for this one yes. a little bit. And I, the move that I respect the most from learning that the hork eat trees is that they look at Tobias and they're like, yeah, this tree tastes fine. <laughs> they, they're immediately just like, yeah, it's okay. It's not very good. It's well, fine. <laughs> but then he, they, they kind of think on that for a little bit and it's like, no, earth tree, good. Yeah. <laughs> it made me smile inside. There were times in my life that was just so utterly insane that I could only laugh. A pair of goblins from some far distant planet were worried that would hurt my feelings because they didn't like pine bark. (laughs) Right? So they were just like, they're eating your meal. Yeah. Oh, mm, it's good. It's good. (laughs) The good casserole. Oh, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. We love this. Yeah. This is good bubble pizza. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, How come I don't hear you farting? (laughs) No, that, that that was a bit that landed... And landed hard, I would and, say. And universal and timeless, because every single person on this planet has had that situation where somebody <laughs> has been proud of something they've done, and you have to respond, yes, I enjoy this thing. Yes. <laughs> when you did not. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Everyone has made that lie. Uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> and it's good to know that is universal throughout all life. <laughs> you will find one dog bring over like a dead bird, and the other dog will eat it and say, mm, thanks for the dead bird. <laughs> yes. So Tobias is like, all right, you fucking weirdos. I'm going to go get some food. Because he's hungry, too. He's he hungry. He hasn't eaten. He hasn't eaten. In a couple days. Not since the beginning of this book, which was the start of yesterday. And he didn't get a, a good night's rest. No, like he got not. Like, uh, he didn't sleep and then came some like super taxon bloodhounds. 
right? Yes. So he had to, there's been no chance for rest or food. So he went out to go get a snack. And he's he's flying around. He's like, God damn it. It used to be I could just go to the kitchen and have some fucking cereal. I love that little bit. He's like, I could just go get Wheaties. <laughs> I I want some Wheaties. I'm, yeah. Come on in. Take a seat. We're going to tell you what the big boys eat. Name is Wheaties. Kick a wheat. Now you know what the big boys eat. Should we talk about the history of uh, cornflakes? How they were anti-masturbation tools? I mean, that could replace animal facts, I suppose. Do you know those facts? Um, yeah, I know that it was... Kellogg, um, the doc, yeah, Dr. Right. Kellogg, was an anti-masturbation. Uh, his, his beliefs were that any source of pleasure out, like any sexual pleasure was deviant. Yeah. And that a healthy breakfast of smashed corn would prevent masturbation throughout the day. Yeah. Which my middle school self will tell you, incorrect. Well, because here's the thing. They altered the recipe. <laughs> right? No, this is true. Like, you know, when um, Kellogg originally released the cornflake, it didn't taste very good. <laughs> so you're just angry and felt sick all day. You couldn't masturbate? Well, my understanding was that it was just originally just a crushed piece of corn. Uh-huh. And so, like, it was a little thick and it wasn't salted. <laughs> There's no sugar. There's, like, it wasn't even, like, all that well toasted. Mm-hmm. So his brother is just like, maybe we should make this taste good and sell it. <laughs> And so he did, and that's where the cornflake came from. And, you know, I did not work as an anti-masturbation tool, but it did work as a flake. Yeah, okay. Do you have any anti-masturbation tools? Yeah. What? Yeah, sexy baseball players. <laughs> <laughs> Just think of a sexy baseball player and you Ken won't do it. Griffey Jr. can't shoot. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's fine. That's So... He is taking the word of the Elmas as law at this point. Yes. Like he's like, I can't wait to become human. I can't yeah, wait to true. get the cornflakes. I can't wait to wake up in my own bed. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to go down and watch some TV. I can't wait to say hi to my aunt and uncle that don't care for me. And right. Generally don't even really like, remember anything. I can be comfortable. I can't wait to have a good night's sleep. All that shit. But, well, no, like that last bit is like, oh, yeah, my life wasn't so great, though. Right. Yeah. Is that like... I can't wait to return to a family that doesn't love me, mm-hmm. or I can't wait to uh, get bullied at school again. That'll be great, right? Like you know, like he is really absor- absorbing what it means to return to being human. Yeah, and that harkens back to what the illness asked beforehand, which is, do you know what you want? Yeah, what do you really want? What do you really want? And it sounds like he wants to be human but he only wants certain parts of humanity he only wants yes. the cornflakes and the bed he and the comfort want, and right yeah. but he doesn't want to lose flying obviously he doesn't want to lose being a bird and he doesn't want to get back all the shit parts of human life right right but he's at this point in the story it's important to remember that he feels like he've been he has a very clear promise from the elmist yes. which is i promise to make you human and so he's like all right if i can just get through this whole, this experience I can be okay. I'm just going to go get a snack. I'm going to get that. Oh, there's a mouse right there. I see a mouse. I'm mm-hmm. going to get that mouse. Yes. So he gets ready to like, you know, launch off and kind of slap that, that mouse down and, mm-hmm. and eat him whole. And then he gets fucking thwomped. He gets thwomped real hard. By a bobcat. <laughs> right. He got what he was going to do to that mouse. Yes. He got that treatment. Yes. He got the, you're a snack and I'm going to get you. And since he was focusing so hard on the life he maybe wanted or didn't want. He was not present 
in the mind of the predator that he was. Birds don't have wants or like they don't have fantasies. No. Birds do not dream of beds and cornflakes. No. They dream of predator. Yeah. Tobias has even said in this book, hawks only feel close to happy when they're eating. That's it. They don't feel anger. They don't feel much other than hunger or fear. So he gave up his hawk mind for these fantasies and it fucking backfires. He gets thwomped by a bobcat and he realizes he can't escape. Yeah, he he has been captured and is about to be eaten. He's dazed. The bobcat is coming for him and he realizes his only hope is to use his human brain. Well, I mean, his hawk brain is screaming at him right now. Yeah, the hawk brain is screaming, fly, fly, fly. Just get out. Go, go, go. But he knows he can't. He can't because he can't get air fast enough. The bobcat's too fast. The bobcat was designed to, like, you know, take care of the situation. Yes. It knows what to do with a a bird that's been injured on the ground. Yes. And as the bobcat's coming closer, taxons and an army of hork bajur come nearby. He can see them. Yeah. There's no escape from him in this situation. There's nothing. There's for the, the hawk. Yeah, there's there's being Bobcat's dinner or a taxon's dinner. So he needs to rely on the human cunning. Yes. He and needs to use a tool. The one tool. Yes. <laughs> the one tool that you need. Yes. The the biggest friend of humanity for probably a couple thousand of years. Mm-hmm. He finds a good old sharpened stick. He gets the sharp <laughs> stick. He finds sharp stick. He poke eye. <laughs> Which is great because, like, okay, here, picture this scene, right? He's on the, the ground, lying on his side. Dazed. Dazed. Like, he's fuzzy, but he sees a stick. Mm-hmm. He grabs a stick with his talons. He doesn't give away the game quite yet because he needs to wait for the And bobcat. the bobcat wouldn't understand anyway. Right. So the bobcat is getting ready, jumps. He picks up the stick and pokes him in the eye. Yes. Like, it, it, it's brilliant. It really is brilliant. And the it's, bird would never think about it. No. And the bobcat yells out in pain, recoils, because you get jammed in the eye. You're going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and the bobcat gets eaten by a taxon. Well, yeah, and Tobias yeah. flies away. Because like all the taxon sees is yelly loud cat me eats. Yes. Slurp. Yeah. Eats it whole, by eats the way. Eats it whole. Slurps it right down. Which... Think about a, a, a centipede monster just eating anything whole, like a snake. That's Ugh. why I picture it. It's just like a snake just kind of like popping open that lower jaw so it can just eat this thing whole. Yeah. And and it gives him a chance to escape. While and, the, these taxons are greedily, uh, greedily slurping off this cat. Yes. And that's when Tobias realizes. Yeah. says, it hit me with full force. The Yurks didn't care about being careful. The Yurks were going to capture the two fugitive hork no matter the cost, no matter who died. It was pure Yurk ruthlessness unleashed. This was an army, an entire army against me, and two decent, simple, and not very bright Hork Bajur. I And I still hadn't had breakfast. It's like, damn. Yeah. That's the, that's the ultimate stakes of this book right here. And that's when he flies back to meet Jeremy and Kit, Ketamine, Special K. Ket? Ket. And that's, yeah, not bad. that's when the Animorphs are there. Yeah, the, the gang finally make it to the rescue. Jake's here now. Hooray, we're saved. <laughs> yeah, and then the Animorphs realize, oh yeah, the Elemist has been fucking with you. Like, they put that together. Yeah, at this point, like, how can you know about the Arden? Even yeah. the... Well, because Axe, I think, kind of figured it out. Yeah, he definitely figured it out, told the others. Yeah, it's like, we know you've been talking to God. Right. <laughs> um... And and so like everyone kind of knows they've been there, yeah, and, and they know about the deal. 
yeah, he says the Elemis is going to make me human again. And they're like, um, Elemis fuck with you. So don't be so sure. Rachel's being supportive here. Yeah. Like, you know, Rachel's like, Tobias, that'd be so great. Yeah. That would be so great. Right. Yes. She's using future tense. Yes. This has not happened. Tobias has always said, like, when I turn human again, as it's, it's a yes. certain thing in the future. Um, but Rachel, I think, kind of knows better. Yes. Which which sucks because, like, Tobias rarely gets hope. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is the one time he kind of, like, I've talked with God. Right. He told me this God time. told me that this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's great, Tobias. I'm happy for you. Yeah. And that's when they fly back to the Horkbajur and Tobias is like, okay, we need to come up with a plan. But and first, we need to talk to the Horkbajur. We yeah. need to make sure they're in this fucking game. We're going to have to reveal to them who we are. And they need to tell us if they're in this for real. Or if if it comes down to it, will they choose slavery or death? And, of course, Marco brings up the, the one thing that they need to discuss before they, they talk. Which is, I don't mean to get all CIA about it. But if they know we're human, they can't ever be captured by the Yerks. I mean... We're gonna have to kill him. Yes, <laughs> right. That, yeah, that, that's the thing. It's like if they get if captured, they get captured, we're gonna have to like we have to kill them. Poison dart in their neck. Yes, <laughs> they give them like a little capsule that they put in their teeth. And it's <laughs> like bite down if you get captured. And he's right. Yeah, Marco's not wrong about these things. No, even if he gets the ideas from pop culture. Yes, uh, although the CIA probably would do that. <laughs> yes, they would. There, uh, Marco has a certain brutal pragmatism about him that. Is probably his best trait. Marco is a true American in that he's willing to help, but only if he's guaranteed something. Yes. Guaranteed safety. Yes. I will help yeah, you yeah, absolutely. as long as I'm taken care of first. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so that's what he does. Like, okay, we need to let them know that these are the stakes. Yes. And uh, so they do that. They, and they, Jeremy's like, yeah, free or dead. Right. He, uh, immediately, without hesitation, just like. Yeah, free or die. Yeah, we're not getting caught again. Yeah. Give me liberty or give me death. Yeah. And then <laughs> he's, they, this is the best part. One of my favorite scenes in this entire book uh-huh. is that, um, A, Rachel really appreciates that attitude. Yes, she does. Rachel's just like, okay, I definitely like these guys. After, Well, here, I'm just going to read it. This is going to be very dangerous letting them see what you are. Axe said heatedly. These are hork bajur. They can never be recaptured. They can never be taken alive now. They won't be, I said. They're going to be free. Free or dead, Jeremy yelled. Okay, I definitely like these guys, Rachel said. She kind of cocked her head and looked up at Jeremy. Free or dead, she yelled, just as loudly as the hork had. Jake, Cassie, and I yelled it too. Free or dead! Free or dead! dead! In my case, I'd been too close to being dead just a few minutes earlier. I'll give you two to one odds on dead, Marco said grimly. And if you all keep yelling with a bunch of taxons half a mile away, I'll make it ten to one. Rachel ran over, grabbed Marco by his shoulders, and gave him a good hard shake. Come on, you big baby, say it. Free or dead. Yeah, yeah, free or dead, Marco said. Then he laughed. <laughs> Rachel, shit, you know you're insane, right? Yes, but she's going to be a Packard Foundation outstanding student who's insane. Cassie chimed in. I'm sure the Yerks will be impressed, Marco said. I'd love that they're just yelling about death. <laughs> We're going to die. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what it is? This is like the rallying cry of this, like, you know, fucking chuds, man. This is the chud book. Yes, it's the dumbass chud book. Or it's just like, 
Uh, yeah, give us our liberties. We need to be able to smoke inside of restaurants or just kill us. Yes. <laughs> Although the stakes here do kind of make sense. The, the stakes here are appropriate. How about that? Very appropriate. Right. This is uh, the time where you do kind of say free or dead. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. Not say like, hey, open up this Applebee's. <laughs> yeah. Or like, uh, yeah, I get, you know what? Like, I need the, the freedom to own about a million rounds of ammunition <laughs> for your dead. <laughs> like, no, this is the time where you say that. Where yes. Like, you the, know, like, I, I will either be captured and turned to a brain slave or I will be dead. Yes. This is their last hurrah. Right. Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. But, but like, they, they, they think need, it is. They need the spirit. They yes. need to know because if these Harkbridge get captured, they need to die. Yes. And... What I like here is also that Jeremy really takes the initiative to say, like, you won't even have to do it. I will cut my own throat. Yes. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm ready to go. You want me to kill myself right now? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. I'm so free right now. I'll right, fucking J- do J- it. Jeremy, listen. We, we don't do it. We I'm going to fucking do it. I'll fucking do it. Tell me to fucking do it. I want to fucking do it. I want to fucking do it. I want to be Jeremy, free. No, like, I want to be fucking free. I cut my brain open Jeremy, for you. I cut my brain open for you. I'll cut everything open. You want to see my second heart? I'll cut it right the fuck out. You have two? Yeah. Two of them. <laughs> can, can I see one out? You want to see my brain again? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so they they continue their march. Yeah. They know that they're being surrounded, but they're marching along to the valley with Tobias leading. And Tobias, he, again, Tobias Moses. This is a very Moses moment it is, for Tobias. Yes. He is. He's very mosey. They <laughs> mosey up north. <laughs> they're moseying up the mountain. And Mark was like, God, I'm so fucking hungry. And Tobias is like, yeah, I'm fucking hungry too. Wait, there's breakfast. I see breakfast. So Tobias flies, sees a mouse. He's flying down towards the mouse. Here's thwomp, 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 thwomp. Helicopters, I yelled. The others were all too far away to hear me. I cursed myself. Idiot, idiot. Well, you were hunting. The Yerks brought in helicopters. So, so like these, you know, um, red, uh, black hawks. Yeah, What's that? whatever type of helicopter. Worthy birds. A hind D. <laughs> D. <laughs> These whirly birds are coming around, and Tobias says, "Oh shit!" Because as soon as they get seen, it's it's on. Yes, like they they need to start running up this mountain. Yes, and he knows his sight and his hearing is better, so he's screaming, "Helicopter, helicopter! You have to go. We right. have to go." But he's too far away. Like he's this too- thought, be- yes. this thought, speech, scream isn't making it to their ears, and he gets caught in the tailwind of the rotors. I hit a branch. Snap. I felt a jolt of pain. I flapped my wings, but only my right wing worked. Then it hit me. The snap I'd heard had been my own bone. I fell through the branches. Whap, whap, whap. Oh, hit- that, that must be terrifying. Have you ever broken your arm really bad? Or no. Or anything? Uh, just my Achilles tendon. <laughs> You've seen broken arms. Yes. They can be very awful looking. <laughs> right. And like, well, the idea of you have a limb that you cannot move. Yes. That's a terrifying image for me. Yeah. Right. So when I read this, I kind of felt that a little uh-huh. bit of just like that snap and now you can't move your arm. Yeah. And especially for Tobias too, because this is the thing that I've always wondered about Tobias when he gets into mm-hmm. hairy situations is when he gets hurt, is there going to be that scene where he gets nursed back to health? Like what I was thinking here is that Cassie is going to have to take him back to the barn mm-hmm. where he needs to get wrapped up in a cute little bird sling <laughs> <laughs> and just let that shit heal. Yes. And I was like, oh, God, this story has taken, like, a a big change. Mm -hmm. Right? So here's what happens. I hit the ground and lay there, fluttering weakly, helpless. 
Helpless as only a flightless bird can be helpless. Panic caught me up and carried me along. No, no, my friends needed me. No, I couldn't just lie there on the leaves. No. And then I saw the end coming for me. Not a bobcat, not a taxon or a horquature or a yerk of any kind. Just a humble, ordinary, everyday raccoon. This. I love this. Is terrifying and beautiful at the same time. Right. It's it's beautiful because it's such a simple thing. Yes. It's not a bobcat because like the bobcat is obviously a threat to Tobias. Terrifying yes. for just normal people anyways. It's an instant killer. Right. It's a cat. It's going to just eat your brain. Yes. Smack. It's going to You know what it is? It's El Jefe. El yeah. Jefe is going to come El jump Jefe's, on the back of your neck, yep. bite your skull and then you're out. You're done. Uh, but this so this is more terrifying for a couple different reasons. One, I love that it closes the narrative loop of Tobias being caught up in alien war is injured and is going to meet his demise through nature. I I'm, always pictured that this was going to be the end for Tobias. Yeah. It's just like either he would go out heroically with like a big Dracon beam blasting down a mothership. <laughs> yeah. They'd or, strap a bomb to him and he'd fly into a spaceship or something. Or he is going to do something that is going to get him killed in nature. An owl. Yep. The things he's normally afraid of. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is one of them. He calls out raccoons. Yeah. Earlier times. he mentions it by name. Right. But it's not something you think of as, oh, a hawk predator. Right. Raccoon. And <laughs> what's horrifying about this is what's horrifying in all the good horror movies that use this device is the raccoon grabs onto him and just starts dragging him away. Right. Not attacking him, not biting him, just grabs him and pulls him away. Down to the killing business. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. To the chokey, like in to, Matilda. Well, yeah. And it's the reason why I keep, I keep on dropping I Have No Mouth and I'm a Scream in, uh-huh. in these podcasts because I like that reference. But also, like that's one of those short stories that stuck with me a little bit is that I cannot express my terror because it's just going to happen no matter what. Yes. Right? Like, no matter... It, like, Tobias can scream. He can yeah. not be, speak a scream, and he does. <laughs> yeah, he yeah he really does. But nobody's coming to save him, right? He, it's yeah. established that he is too far away yes. to, for anyone to hear screams. And he can't fight back against this raccoon. No, he he's, can't he's reach already, it. He's trying. The raccoon's pulling him by his broken wing. Right. There's nothing he can do. He's resigned himself to death. This yeah. is the thing that will get me. Yes. I can't do anything. This raccoon is going to drag me into the river. Uh-huh. He's going to wash me nice and clean and then suck on my brain. Yes. And that's going to be that. Well, even worse, he's going to eat me alive. Yeah, he says the raccoon doesn't even care if I was alive or not. And it's like, fuck. Yeah, because the raccoon doesn't. The raccoon he doesn't. is nature. Yeah. And since Tobias has been like participating in the cold-heartedness of nature, mm-hmm. he's going to die that way. Yes. He, he lives by the sword. He's going to die by the sword. <laughs> yeah. He lives by the, I ate a couple of skunk babies, I'm going to die by a raccoon eating my, my, uh, <laughs> yes. my liver. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that's when, the moment he realizes he's going to die, the Elemis chimes in. No! No! You asked me for payment in exchange for using you. Would you like your reward now? The Elemis. Now. Now, yes. Now would be a really good time, I screamed. It is done. What's done? Nothing is done, you lunatic. I'm still a bird. Of course. Help me. The raccoon was literally looking down at me, like you might look at a steak. He was deciding where to bite first. The Andalite gave you power. Use it. I was too insane with terror to figure out what he was saying at first. Then it dawned on me. What? What? That's my reward? That's all? You're giving me back my morphing power? 
It's what you wanted. I wanted to be human again, I screamed. You liar! You cheat! I want to be human! But the Alamus said nothing more, and my problem right then was the raccoon. His tiny razor-sharp teeth were descending toward me, so with the last ounce of self-control, ignoring the searing pain in my wing, I turned just enough to grab one of the hind legs and my weakened talon. Focus, Tobias, I told myself. Focus or get eaten. I focused. I concentrated with all my will. And to my utter amazement, I saw the raccoon's eyes cloud over. I felt his grip weaken. And like a miracle, I felt myself begin to acquire the raccoon. I felt it become a part of me. Our boy is back. Our boy is fucking back. <laughs> bow, bow. Bird, bird. Bird, bird. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's back. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so he, he's, he's mostly back. Yeah, he, he acquires the raccoon, turns into the raccoon, and the raccoon's like, oh, fuck this, and bones <laughs> out. Like, picture this poor raccoon. Imagine you, are, you have a steak. You're yeah. taking a nice big cut of the steak. All of a sudden, that steak turns into you. <laughs> yeah, I'd fucking run away. I, I wouldn't just run away. I'd be like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> no. So Tobias takes off running, and he has fucking fun running. It makes him feel good. It's a different feeling. Well, it feels weird, too. Yeah. Like it, It's not just like it feels fun. This feels novel. Yes. Right? Like something he had forgotten, something that he, he liked to do. Yeah. And so... He runs for a while and realizes, wait, I've seen the others morph back and be fine. I wonder if I'll be fine. And he morphs back, and he's fine. Our boy is back. It's a shame because I kind of wanted the thing where he gets like in a little bird sling. It's because <laughs> like, have you seen those? Yes, they're, they're adorable. They are adorable, and our boy's too good for that. I mean, Tobias is adorable. He he wouldn't want to be called that, but he is. Yes, and so Tobias starts flying, and he sees the helicopters doing a few things. They're circling the area. There's a massive army, and the helicopters are just raining laser beam fire on the forest, setting a fucking forest fire. Yeah. They're going to burn the forest down looking for these two fucking aliens. They're going to bur- burn them out. Yeah, nothing matters anymore to these yurks. Just... Well, I mean, that's not just a yurk thing. Humans have done that, too. They, well, they, yeah. Like, w- war does this quite a bit. Yes. Let's blow through that church so we can get at these two, like, dumb soldiers. <laughs> Yes, right. absolutely. And that's what they're doing. They're they're assaulting the earth. They're they're denying them the space to run anywhere except right into their greedy mouths. Yes. And Tobias is freaking out. He thinks his friends are dead. Right. But he runs into them and he's like, "Oh, you guys are cool. Hey, I'm cool too. I can morph." <laughs> Not right away. They because what what happened is that like Tobias flies in. They're like, "Oh yeah, we know about the the helicopters. We heard yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hid in this cave." We're safe for now, but we, we've been kind of brainstorming to what to do. Yes. Uh, we're glad you're here, though. Uh, hey, do you have an idea? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh, Jake Jake hasn't had any ideas. <laughs> yeah, Jake doesn't have any ideas. Marco's a pessimist. Rachel wants to kill. And then Tobias is like, yeah, I do have an idea. <laughs> and they don't fill us in on the idea too much because they want to keep it a surprise. We kind of know. I we, guessed. Yeah. He's like, I have a plan. It's going to be risky, but it involves... Two people turning into hork Yes. And so they're like, oh, okay. And then Jake's like, I'll do it. And, and Rachel, Tobias, Rachel jumps in right yeah, away. Yeah, Rachel's like, I'm one of them because I've done it before. And Jake's like, I'll do it. And Tobias is like, no, I'm going to do it. So Nobody said anything for 30 seconds. Yes. They just stared. They stared with wolf eyes and bear eyes and tiger eyes and all four Andalite eyes. 
They were trying to decide if I was crazy. <laughs> you will? Rachel asked. You will? Yeah, I will. I'll morph into cat. I'll morph into a horpager. Then Rachel clicked. The Elemist? That's what he did for you? I thought he was going to make you human again. There was an edge of anger in her tone of outrage. Elemist. Axe practically spit the word. Never trust them. Oh no, Cassie whispered. That's it. He gave you back the power to morph, but not... No. I said as evenly as I could. Looks like I'm a full member of the team again. I can morph. But I guess... I mean, it looks like I'll still be a hawk. I'll still be keeping my wings. Damn. (laughs) That's damn. You know, though, that's not bad. No. And the, the... Initially, when I kind of got a little bit of... When I was reading Tobias's Rage, mm-hmm. initially when I was reading Tobias's Rage, I didn't quite understand it at first. Mm-hmm. Because I was... that That's great. That's the best of both worlds, really. Yeah. Because you love being a hawk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to be a hawk for more than two hours. Right. Right. You, you love that world. And you can be a human again for two hours. Mm-hmm. You can be anything again for two hours. You can help the team again. Right. You can be a part of the team. So this seems great. Why, why are you upset? But I think it's because he feels the need to be upset Mm -hmm. i think he feels the need to the group to be human yeah i think he's convinced himself of that yes but deep down inside i don't think he believes it i think he still is okay with being a bird yeah but like but here it it was confusing to me because he he seemed genuinely upset that he just couldn't be human and i didn't get that i think the elemist knows him better than he knows himself because i think we all know (laughs) tobias would stay the bird yeah. He's had more purpose. He's been happier as the bird than he ever was as a human. I want him to stay the bird too narratively. Yeah. I think it's a better story if he oh, stays absolutely. the bird. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely it is. Like, uh, even with this additional twist of Tobias can morph now, I, I, I still felt a little bit disappointed with the way that story was going, mm-hmm. the way that arc was going, because I like restrictions in storytelling. Mm-hmm. And the idea of morphing is the anti-restriction. It frees it up. You can right. be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're just a hawk, you have to find out clever ways to get out of situations. You have to find your stick. Plus, <laughs> you I'm, know, yeah. and and like that stick scene would never happen if Tobias could just morph into like uh, an elephant or a right. saber-toothed tiger or whatever. Like he, he would. There will never be that stick scene again. But it, I mean, it was the ultimate proof that Tobias is a survivor. Sure, like that he had made it through. As a reader, I'm happy that he is happy. Now oh yeah, for and sure. That he got a win. Yeah, I'm glad he has a win. It's not the win he wanted, or it's not the win he expected, but it's a win. Sure. And it's it's purpose. It's you and I both hate when Tobias gets left out of missions. It sucks. But as a reader, as a person who like as a person who like wants to pull apart the story a little bit, it's good for the story when Tobias has a bad day. Yeah. the best books are tobias having bad days like i would put this up there in top five for sure oh yeah definitely and like i i guess i get it there there is a balance tobias can't have a bad day every day no um tobias needed a win so yeah Yeah. okay like it's an interesting thing and i'm glad to see at least progression in the story yes it's a change in the story and the story it's a permanent change there are permanent changes yeah which is nice yeah that that is refreshing it's not the the go back in time, I'm going to turn into a panther story. That no. Nothing matters. No, this no. story matters. Yes. So that's And good. they put together their plan, which, should we just gloss over the plan? The details are not super important. They Rachel turns into the Horkmature. Yeah. Tobias turns into the female Horkmature. 
He does a little sword dance, I think, right? Yes, they do their little sword dance. Ready? I asked her. She peered at me from behind alien eyes. You okay, Tobias? Sure. Why wouldn't I be? Well, you haven't exactly had a great day, she said. (laughs) I laughed grimly. I'm a freak of nature, Rachel. Any day I stay alive is a good day for me. (laughs) Today's a good day to die. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, fuck. That's... So his first book starts with, my name's Tobias, and I'm a freak of nature. Yeah. And he spends that whole book describing how awful and terrible it is to be a freak of nature. And in this moment, he reckons with and reconciles that he is a freak of nature and that that's a powerful thing. Yeah, it's become his armor. Yes. Which is good and bad. (laughs) Yes, for sure. (laughs) Too weird to live, too strange to die. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Six to 85 million dead cops. (laughs) World is a fuck. Yeah. So, but but like yeah no it's good he's he's taking ownership of his weird situation his weird life and I like it yeah and so Jake takes on the Tobias role leading them past gunfire does it does a shit job of it yes <laughs> Jake not, is awful at this because like there, there's a point where he's just like Jake left or right I, yes. am I running left or right and he Jake says just like guessed. left wait no my left right yes. <laughs> and so they get their plan is to run to a ravine. And jump in the ravine. They're going to fake their own deaths. Yes. They're, they're going to fake their own deaths. They're going to like jump off this ravine and, well, we'll get to like, we'll get, what their full plan is. Yes. But like their plan is to jump off the ravine and convince everybody that yes. they're dead. And they get to the ravine, but there's one problem. One Andalite who was not Andalite at all. Visser 3 stood on the very lip of the ravine, right in my path. Hork Bajur are fast, but the tail of an Andalite is faster. I couldn't win a fight against Visser 3. And 3 Horkbajur? No way. But then it suddenly occurred to me. I grinned. At least as much as Horkbajur can grin, I looked at Visser 3 right in his main eyes. Cut Halpak free! I yelled, using my Horkbajur voice. I charged straight at him, running flat out, ignoring the searing pain from my injured leg. Visser 3 watched me calmly for a couple seconds, then it occurred to him, too, just like it had to me. See? He might get me with his tail even kill me before I could get to the ravine. But my momentum would certainly carry me forward, and I would knock Mr. 3 off the edge, too. That last second, Mr. 3 dodged nimbly out of the way. Kethalpak and Jerahami free! I shouted defiantly as I jumped off the edge of the ravine. I fell. So, just to go over that scene again, he gets caught out by Mr. 3. Mr. 3 staring him down and is like, I got you, Andalite Bandit. Yep. There's no, uh, sorry, not Andalite Bandit. Uh, Hork Bajur, yeah. We got you, you stupid Hork Bajur. We're going to... Yeah. You're Ra- going, there's no escape. Rachel has already jumped. Right. Visser 3 gets in the way of Tobias. Stares him down. Plays a game of chicken with Tobias. Tobias comes running at him, and then he chickens out and dives. Tobias wins every game of chicken in these books. I mean, he is mostly chicken. <laughs> oh! Got him. <laughs> <laughs> so they jump off the ravine. And this is the best part. I love this part of this plan. And Marco catches them. He's hiding in a cave, and he reaches out, and he grabs the falling Tobias. Yeah. Pulls him into a hidden cave. This out comes sloop a big gorilla hand yeah. and pulls him pulls back him in. in. Rachel's in the cave. Visser 3 looks down the ravine and sees two hork bodies at the bottom of the ravine. Clearly dead. Clearly on dead. The ga- crumpled on the ground. Yes. There are wolves eating these hork Yeah, they're... Tearing two- out bits and pieces and chowing down. Yes, just eating the fuck out of these hork 
I heard cruel laughter in my head. Fools, Visser Three sneered. No one escapes the Yuck Empire. <laughs> Clearly not a pair of idiot hork Look at them down there, all of you. Look! That's what awaits anyone who tries to escape the yucks. He laughed a terrible laugh. <laughs> the wolves will give them both the burial they deserve. The plan worked. The plan worked. But here's the best part of the plan, is that they're actually just being eaten. <laughs> yeah. Like... Marco and Cassie now know what Jeremy and Ket's Halpeck taste <laughs> like because yeah. they're actually just eating chunks out of these non yes. <laughs> non morphine horkbusher. Yes, <laughs> they're like oh, oh. They, they heal pretty quickly. I'll just take like a little shoulder. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's so gross. I'm eating my friend. That's a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> we did this one. <laughs> we pulled it off, fellas. Rip, chew. <laughs> yeah. So. After that, things kind of speed up. They lead the hork to the meadow. So they, they go up to the meadow. They, they find the paradise. Yeah. Uh, our our bird, bird Moses brought them to the promised land. Yes. And uh, they're checking out this meadow, which is, is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful, Cassie breathed. Are we there? Jerahami asked me. Yes, this is the place. Good place, Cat Helpak said. Good place for Kawatnash. What? Jake asked, puzzled. I heard them use that word before. Jarahami. What does Kowatnash mean? Jarahami and Ketalpek laughed at their strange Horkbazir laugh. <laughs> Kowatnash. Small Horkbazir. Small Jarahami. Small Ketalpak. Children, Rachel translated. They're going to have little baby Horkbazir. They will be the first hork born into freedom in a very long time, Axe said. The Elemis did not lie. The valley exists. No, he didn't lie, I said. Not about this, anyway. So, Marco wants... He's got one question. Uh, Marco says to Jeremy, But look, I have to know. How do you tell a male hork from a female? Jeremy looked puzzled. Male? Female, what's meaning? Go ahead, Marco. Explain, Cassie teased. But Ket Halpak understood. Jarahami and Ket Halpak different. Jarahami have three here, she pointed at her horn blades. Ket have two. That's the only difference? Marco asked. Other difference, too, Ket Halpak said primly. But only for Hork Pajur to know. That got a laugh, even from Axe, which just puzzled the hork even more. <laughs> so they're all laughing yeah. at this dick joke. Yeah, they're all laughing at hork genitals, which apparently are just the same. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We have third hidden horn. Good, good for Kep... Uh, Kowatnaj. <laughs> I have Kowatnaj horn. And you know what? Size doesn't matter for the old hork They're all the same. Yeah, man. It's all, all just about stabbing. Yeah. and They probably do stab, don't they? Probably. They probably caused some damage. They probably, yeah. They, there's some rearranging of insides. There's no need for genitals. It just goes right in. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so that's how hork mate. They eat bark and they stab each other to make babies. I just like the idea that everyone's having a nice hearty laugh about my dick down here. <laughs> yes. And we get this Animorphs ending with Tobias saying, Then I flew home, home to my own meadow, my own territory. 
The Horkbajur had their Eden. The others all had their homes. I had my meadow. So that is where a lesser book, I think, would have ended. Yeah. This is not that book. No. This is, it's kind of like a knife twist and it, a victory at the same time. It's an epilogue. Yes. And I like a epilogues. denouement, if you will. Sure. See, I know big words too. <laughs> epilogues, everyone, people use epilogue. Yeah, but denouement is cooler. It's French. I don't Denounment. know. Denouement. Whatever I said, burial. So it's, yeah. like, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. So there's a denouement, which is, I think, one, striking, and two, really fucking good. Yeah. Did you like the denouement? Oh, no. I loved it. So what happens was Tobias goes to sleep mm-hmm. in his tree, and he wakes up the night before Elfinger crashed, and he sees the boy Tobias sleeping. So this was the cover photo. Yeah. This, this is what that was. When yes. there was a Tobias looking at a bird Tobias. Yes. That's this sequence. Yes. The Elemist takes him back to the night before. Mm-hmm. Tobias the bird wakes up Tobias the boy and acquires him. And that was the thing. I was like, that would be a cool plot point if he could be human but never himself. Yes. I Like... They could have gone that way with it, but like I like this too. I think it's nice for him to have his own DNA to go like and yes. be himself. Yeah. He can he can be himself for a second. And also the conversation that he has with himself, I thought was really like nice too. Yes. Uh we should probably read that, right? Yeah. So I fluttered to the nightstand. The noise of my wings woke the sleeper. He blinked the sleep from his eyes and stared at me. A bird, he said. It's just a dream, I told him. My heart was beating so fast that I thought it would explode. But at the same time, I felt a weird calm. Like I knew what was going to happen. Like it had already happened. Then I saw the calendar. It was a Star Trek calendar. I guess that's kind of funny. The date was the day before I'd walked through the construction site with Jake and Marco and Cassie and Rachel. (sighs) Dream? The sleeper sat up in his bed. He peered at me, and I saw a troubled expression in his eyes. I know you, don't I? Kind of, I said. And I know you, Tobias. How do you know my name? I can't tell you that. But listen, Tobias, I... What could I say? What could I possibly say to my old self? I couldn't tell him that everything would be all right. I didn't know that. I couldn't tell him what was about to happen to him. No sane person would believe it. Besides, I had already forgotten this dream, hadn't I? Tobias, I said. Walk home with Jake. Walk through the construction site. What? I just laughed a little sadly. Why had I told him to do that? Why had I sent him to the construction site? It was there that everything had begun. It was there that I had started down the path that led to me, my being trapped as a hawk. I knew the truth now. I could see it clearly. I was looking at myself back when I was human. And looking at myself, I couldn't escape the truth. That wasn't me anymore. I wasn't Tobias the human. I had become something else, something new. What did the Elemis said? You are a beginning. You are a point on which an entire timeline may turn. Tobias, I said to the human. You should go back to sleep. I am asleep, aren't I? This is. This has to be a dream. If this isn't a dream, I'll never get back to sleep. I can help you sleep, I said. Hold out your arm. Don't be afraid. The human Tobias held out his arm. I flapped my wings, landed on him. I was as gentle as I could be with my sharp talons. 
I didn't need to dig them in. Simple contact was enough. Tobias's eyes began to flutter. He became dazed and passive, the way all animals do when they are acquired. I closed my eyes and focused on him, on the human DNA that was being absorbed into my hawk's body. When I opened my eyes again, I was back in my tree. Had it been real? Or was it all just some silly dream? Don't forget, a huge voice said. Two hours, Tobias. I didn't ask what the Alamus meant. I knew. I had acquired my own human DNA, but it was just a morph. If I stayed in my old human body, I would be trapped in there forever, never again to morph, never again to be a hawk, never again to fly. Have I kept my promise? Yes, I said. And are you happy, Tobias? And he doesn't fucking answer. He doesn't know. He doesn't have an answer. No. Right? Like, and are you happy is a hard thing to answer, especially (laughs) when you got something that you didn't know you wanted. It's, I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be vulnerable here for a second. And I'm going to laugh at that vulnerability. Probably. Reading through this again with you right now. Yeah. Gave me fucking chills. (laughs) It's a good scene. It's, it's, it's like, it's a conversation with yourself, which is. Hard to set up in, yes. in a book, any book. Yes. Um, it's also like, this. he went back in time. This is yes. what's implied. That mm-hmm. he set himself up to walk through that construction site. Yes. And he was given a chance to change his path, change yes. his mistakes, or what he thought was mistakes. Yes. And he didn't. No, because he doesn't see them as mistakes anymore. Right. He can't... Bemoan his existence. He can't wallow in his own depression and and loss because he chose it now. Yes, he, this was a choice. Yep. There was this wasn't. I got trapped in a weird yuck yep. pool for two hours and I made a whoopsie. This is now on him. Yeah. This is. I'm taking this burden on. I've done this. This is who I choose to be. And that's cool. That's super cool. And I mean, we're <laughs> not even cool. done with the book. Yeah. So. Well, one more thing I, I want to do before we move on yeah. from that scene is there's something very powerful about going back into the future, having the opportunity to change your entire life, something that a life that you're not even entirely happy in mm-hmm. and saying, no, I'm good. And I, that that's the that's the happy ending. Not that he got the ability to morph back because that's tangential. Yeah, I think like him. Going back and having that scene mm-hmm. is the true award because yeah. that's 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 his win. Absolutely, and he uses this win, this choice, this power to morph, this power to be himself for just a little while. That totally stunt on a girl. Hell yeah! No, he's smooth as fuck. He's like, <laughs> Tobias is such a fucking player. I'm jealous. This so it's all very cryptic, but you kind of know where he's going. It's not like they're hiding it. Tobias mentions having to fly close to the school, morph human, hide, time everything just right. And the book ends like this. And I fucking love this. It says, Rachel was last in line. She was beautiful as always. And she had the usual Rachel swagger. I saw Cassie give her a wink as she walked by. Rachel rolled her eyes, self-mocking, and Cassie laughed. When she passed by where Marco was sitting, Marco made a phony bow. You know, like he was bowing before some idol. Rachel laughed and shook her head. And then she was right there in front of me. I saw her eyes sweep over me, indifferent, and then look past me toward the door. She stopped walking. She turned to me. Her eyes were wide. Hi, Rachel. I said with a human voice. (laughs) 
Fuck. Yeah, that's a that's a good fucking ending. That's a good fucking ending. That is some Han Solo shit. Like seriously, that is that is the Han Solo undersells it. Yeah, I feel like there's a. I gotta think of a better, cooler person. Who? There's Tobias. It's a Tobias <laughs> thing. Come right. on, let's give him credit because like that that shit. That is the most power play of like. I'm not gonna tell you. I just turned into myself. Like, yes. You have given me up for dead. Yes. I'm not gonna tell you my plan. I'm just gonna show up to your dumb award ceremony. Everyone's in line. They're yep. saying, hi, what's up? I'm just going to be like the same thing. Like, hey, what's up? You were sad for me. You took pity on me because I didn't get to be human like we both wanted. And now I'm fucking king. Guess what, bitch? <laughs> Guess what? I'm king now. I'm king. Me, King Tobias. So what did you think of the change? Man, you know, like at first I didn't quite know what the change was. Because uh-huh. like that, that's the ending question yep. to all these Po- dumb podcast he's like hey wh- what does it mean in the the predator in mm-hmm. the capture or whatever in this one i know exactly what the change is and it wasn't that he got the ability back to morph no it's that he became fucking swagger bird boy yes he rolled up in that school he said hey rachel and she just died yes he <laughs> that's the change is he that- fundamentally changed his outlook on his life like that like right because that. he made a choice now yes. it, it's not an accident that hit him in the face, it is now, I've changed my destiny. Yes. I had the opportunity to, ch- I, no, rather, I had the opportunity to change my destiny, and I said, no, I want to stay exactly the same. I have no regrets. Yeah. This is who I am. This isn't great. I live in terror at night, but this is my fucking life. I am, yeah. I am not human. I am not bird. I am something better. I am both of them. I am bird boy. I am something else. I am... I am bur- I am Bird a king. I am a freak of nature. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's a f- good fucking book. You know what? Like, I don't have. Do you have anything else to say on this thing? No, this book fucking rocks. That's such a good fucking ending. I want to end this right now. 